Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. What day it is. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend Friday. Happy Friday. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's wonderful to have you along for the next three hours. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. It's going to be just great. Uh, Jay Delsing is going to join us. We're going to talk to Ross Smith about the MLS. We're going to talk to, we are talking to Jeremy Rutherford. We did that yesterday, but he's on my little uh, thing here. But uh, it's, we are we're talking just to thinking him. about him. That's it. That's where we're going to think about, uh, about JR at 915. So, <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of you, Jr. Always, always. You're, you're a guy. We know you're tuned in. We love Indeed. you. And you know what? If you want to call in, we'll absolutely talk to you. But a uh, lot to talk about as uh, your St. Louis Cardinals. Well, your your St. Louis Cardinals. We're on to Cincinnati. There we go. <laughs> Getting ready to take on the Red Legs tonight. Hey, and, they uh, didn't lose. You think last they night. they didn't lose last night? You think they got a chance to win one out of three over the weekend? <laughs> one <laughs> yes. out of three. Wow. Well, Two it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Two out of three. Okay, good. I like the positivity. I mean, I'm I'm sunshine, sunshine lollipops. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the one Un- one out of three. Until three. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just getting a win though is a positive for our, for our Redbirds in 2023. So hopefully they can get that first win tonight and then win one out of two and then take two out of three and then if you if you win two in a row, you know what it is. Mm. You got a chance. There you for go. a winning streak. It has happened before. Not much here. (laughs) (laughs) Just stringing anything together, right? Just some consistency. Yeah. The thing is, you go 20 and 10, you win 20 out of 30, you're still under 500. So, you know. Randy, we're trying to be sunshine and lollipops. (laughs) Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. So you go t- 10 over 500 for a month. And you're closing in on 500. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying it would be a great thing to get within a game of 500. Almost there. <laughs> Almost there. Uh, last night, the Stanley Cup Finals that are taking place, by the way, without your St. Louis Blues. And we should note that this coming Monday is We Went Blues Day. And we're going to talk We Went Blues Day a lot because... The Blues won the Stanley Cup on that date. But that's coming up on Monday. Uh, we're going to have a, either a We Went Panthers or a We Went Knights Day coming <laughs> up soon. Last night, the Florida Panthers get within a game. They were down and out. They get within a game of Vegas by winning 3-2. to two. Uh, Brandon Montour giving the Panthers the lead 408 into the game. Mark Stone tying it before the first period was out. Second period, Jonathan Marcheseau with a snipe to make it 2-1 in favor of the Knights. And... 
We're into the third period before, with a 2-1 deficit, the Panthers pull their goalie. And guess who scored to tie it? Backhanded goal! Kicked away by Hill with another shot block. That was close. Eckblad across, and what time? Matthew Kachuk scored a playoff, a big playoff goal for the Panthers. He's so St. Good. Louis. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. He is. Mm. It just, every time I see it, I'm so happy for him. But at the same time, I'm never going to quit thinking about the what ifs. If, oh, no if doubt. If it would have worked out with the Blues, he has 24 points so far during the playoffs. That's 11 goals, 13 assists. It, I just, I wish he was a blue. I do too. Did you see him, by the way, yapping at Petro? Wasn't yeah. that great? Yeah. It's a, you know, here's a guy that's, Petro's known him since he was probably 10 years old and he's just skating after Good him. for him. Yeah. Sometimes cool. that happens, I'm sure, like where it's somebody you're friends with on the field and then it just completely changes, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It I, I'm sure you changed. have some stories oh, of yeah. that. Remember, uh, yeah. Petro and, uh, and Bacchus in the finals? Yes. You know, Buffalo yeah. head? Yes. It's fun stuff. So we go to overtime, and 427 in, the Panthers stay alive. Now for Hagee, racing in to keep the puck alive. Picked off by Howden. The Chuck back on the ice for Florida. Forsling finds Pettit. Pettit, cross ice, shot, Verhage with his fourth overtime winner, and the Panthers stay alive. They get within a game of Vegas, and they'll have the opportunity to tie that series. Stanley Cup Final Game 4 is uh, Sunday here, or is it tomorrow? Tomorrow here on 101 ESPN. You'll be able to hear that action in Florida, in Sunrise, Florida, between the Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. I would love for this series to go 7. I think I think that it could really, especially I, you needed that win obviously last night too, and I felt like you needed Matthew Kachuk to get a goal there, and the fact that he was able to do it in such a clutch situation, I, we've seen what Matthew's been able to do during the playoffs. He just kind of needed that one little thing, and I felt like that's going to set him off for the rest of the series. I agree. Yeah, and he took a big hit and came back into the game. They were they didn't there were thoughts that he may not come back in after that hit. Came back in, scored the tying mm-hmm. goal, and you know allowed them to get into overtime. They are seven and zero. This playoffs in overtime, they have been yep. fantastic, um, and obviously Matthew Kachuk scored a few of those goals. But they they've done a great job this year. Uh, that was a huge win because you go down 3-0, it's it's Hard. slim slim opportunities to get back in it. Matthew Kachuk is old time hockey. He's old, he's old time sports. Matthew Kachuk is what the Cardinals could use and the Blues could use. The level of competitiveness, the level of toughness coming back from the either the shoulder injury or the concussion, mm-hmm. whatever it was. It was like Brendan Shanahan stuff. And there's not much of that in sports. There was back in my day. But my there day. there isn't right now and it's great to see it. And he is his father's son. There's no doubt oh, about it yeah. because Walt was the exact same way. So it's really cool to see, especially from our town, both Matthew and Brady being that sort of player. Yeah. And when also, too, Big Walt always repping the OB Clark's hat, yeah, too. So that's always great to see. And, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I think NFL players are very tough. Mm-hmm. I think NHL players might be kind of like at the top of that tier of like the toughest athletes in all of pro sports because. I, you know, when the season ends, too, it'll be like, all right, let's go through the injuries. So-and-so had a broken rib. Remember, Brayden Shin just playing with a broken rib the whole time. Yeah. Vince Dunn during the Stanley Cup final. Remember, he did he break his jaw? A jaw? I yeah. think he did. Yep. And then he still came back and competed. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they are absolutely insane. They're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. Yeah, you won't get any argu- argument from me. I, I'm not laying on the ice to take a slap shot to the face. <laughs> Ever. No. 
Not ever. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'll block a linebacker blitzing in the A gap any day of the week. You know, a slap <laughs> shot to the face. Man. I'm okay. And then the blades too. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So guys, get this. So, so the Cardinals, we can fairly and reasonably say that they have been less than stellar, right? It's, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. They they've left a little bit to be desired. Okay. Yes. Last night, baseball, the Reds lost to the Dodgers six to nothing. Brewers lost to the Orioles six to three. The the hold on uh, the Cubs lost to the Angels three to one. So uh, three of the five teams in the National League Central play they all lost. <laughs> there you go. So the Cardinals picking up ground. Here we go. Here the Cardinals are coming. Tralla tralla. <laughs> This is interesting. It happens on their day off when they really didn't do anything themselves to help with that. That just shows where this division's at right now, too. It just feels like nobody's exactly running away with it. It's it's amazing. So uh, the Reds welcome. are exciting though with what they have going on despite that loss. Here's, here's, it's the, National League, Brooke, here's the National League Central eight right now: <laughs> Brewers one game losing streak, Pirates two game losing streak, Reds one game losing streak, Cubs four game losing streak, Cardinals with a one game winning streak. There we go, dominating this division. Yeah. There we go. That's why I made that comparison. What was that last week? It almost feels like the AFC South right now, where yeah, nobody right. like last year, nobody where nobody was running. Win. I, I mean. Uh, I don't know, Cardinals fans. Maybe that's now you know what it feels like to be a Titans fan in the AFC South right now. It's not. It's not a great feeling. It's tough. Oh man. At least there's more upside being a Cardinals fan with the history on your side and stuff. Yeah, you feel like okay, well, there's a chance, but you got the Music City Miracle. That was a long time ago. That was a long, and we hold on to it. Believe me, I, I still think about that all time. It was a forward pass. Which, which, which division? Which division? Which division pairing is worse? The Major League Baseball Central Divisions or the NFL South Divisions? Because they are both, now that I think about it, horrendous. The Central Divisions are, are pretty, worse. pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, your Cardinals in action tonight against Cincinnati. Jordan Montgomery going against Blake Lively. And, okay. Uh, no, uh, not, no, I don't think it's Blake. I mean, I'm sure she's got a wicked curve, but... Uh, she's got oh, wicked curves, yes. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Uh-huh. Right, oh, yes, you did. did. No, you I were did. so excited about it. I, was not, I didn't mean it like <laughs> that. Good line. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, the action comes your way at 745. And our buddy, by the way, uh, we didn't put on the sheet today, that our buddy Chip Carey is going to join us later in the show. So nice. that's, that is not on the sheet, but he is going to be with us uh, from Valley Sports. By the way, it's Ben Lively. Ben Lively that is going to be pitching, not Blake, for the Reds tonight. I wasn't the only one that called him Blake Lively, though. Didn't uh, Jimmy Baseball call him Blake Lively? He Do you did. Wanna, he did. Is that a club you want to join? Yeah. Uh, what? Which, you just, and Jim. Jimmy? We're, yeah, we're okay. in the same club. All right. Uh, Miles Michaelis <laughs> goes against uh, Jim Abbott tomorrow. No, it's Andrew Abbott. <laughs> Jim Abbott! <laughs> yeah. He, American hero Jim Abbott. Let me, let me say that right now. He is. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite ambidextrous, though. Nah. Mm. Not quite. He could, he, well... I mean, considering yes and no. considering yes and no, fairly ambidextrous. Yeah, I mean, you can catch and throw with the same hand. Almost, a, that, yeah, sort of. Cool. Yeah, monodextrous. <laughs> there you go. Right. Is that right? Is that Single, the correct use singular? of language here? American hero. I won't let you despair. I won't, no, no puns. Oh, about a, him. He's absolutely a hero. He's a one-handed pitcher that threw a no-hitter and hero. He's a really good pitcher. He was a really good pitcher. And uh, then on Sunday, you've got Wayno going against Hunter Green. And then that night, Wayno is going to be with us over at Top Golf for his Big League Impact Swings for Impact event. So hopefully, Wayno will be in a good mood because he's threw a gem on Sunday against the Reds. He's always in a good mood. 
He is always in a good mood. Well, not always. <laughs> Sometimes people talk in his backswing and he gets upset. Yeah, we heard that. We heard that the other day. Yeah, that, was, that was great. That was great. <laughs> what happened? Who, what, what jerk would do that, Randy? I, I was the guy that uh, snaps the camera in Tiger's backswing. <laughs> Wasn't that great when Tiger would yell at yes. people? It was fantastic. You were just trying to have your Jim Nance moment. Right. That's yeah. all you were trying to do. You were doing a good job, yeah. I thought. Well, thank you. I was you were kind quiet. Of proud of, kind of proud of myself. <laughs> Adam goes up to the team. <laughs> How did he hear that? I don't know. <laughs> Be quiet, Randy. In the background. Hush it, Randy. <laughs> and then tonight we've got the NBA Finals game number four. And the Denver Nuggets will try to take a commanding 3-1 lead in the series. Uh, okay, CD, you are a basketball historian. Mm-hmm. This morning... Max Kellerman on the show that precedes yeah, us was, was trying to make the case that if Nikola Jokic, which he will, wins finals MVP, that he will be a top 20 player of all time. Agree or disagree? Uh, who are you knocking out? It would be my question. And my question is, if you're going to do that, then do you, how's Bill Walton not on that list. I, I I never have Bill Walton in that list because That's of the right, injuries, because, exactly. because of the, the career. and yep. so, just, so if Nikola Jokic suffers a foot injury next year and essentially ends yeah. his career, can you put him top twenty all time? I think you. I think it's. I think that's more of a longevity type of thing. You know, sustainable mm-hmm. having that type of career for a long period of years. Agreed. Um, Jokic is is going to be up there. I think because he could have won MVP again this year, but sometimes voters get fatigued with. Mm-hmm. Voting for the same person over and over again, even when they're dominating. Um, but if he if he continues on this track, like this path, this career path, then he could potentially be top ten. If he wins he another MVP or two, and and adds one or two, if he ends up with three to four uh, championships, yes, I without, don't without I, question. I don't disagree with that assessment. I'm just saying that I don't I think, think it's that winning though. an MVP in the finals this year yeah. to me doesn't. I can pick 20 players that I'd rather have for a career than him. Yeah, even if he does win Finals MVP this yeah. year, I, I would say I agree with that. I don't think he's in the top 20 just yet. He's still got some work to do. Again, it's a it's a longevity type of deal as opposed to what you're doing right now. So. Matthew hates hearing this, by the way, because uh, Matthew is be a okay. he's a cronky. Anybody cronky? Hmm? His shirt today. Yeah, yeah, yeah cronky shirt. Um, I mean, he's the greatest passing big man ever. Just, just saying, the greatest passing. You big never man saw Bill Walton ever. play, did you? Mm-hmm. I have watched an ungodly amount of Bill Walton uh, games on YouTube for a, a person my age because big, big pa- passing big man is my favorite thing in basketball. That's, that's my so favorite all type in all of basketball. Yes. Peter Sabonis passed the ball really well. Oh, God, he's so much fun to watch. So, I, I mean, again, it's still early. I, I eh, still early. But I, I do agree. He's Jokic going to wouldn't go down. Be what, Jokic wouldn't be what he was if Arvidas Sabonis wasn't an absolutely world-changing player in the 90s in Russia, and he wouldn't be what he was if there wasn't an NBA team that built their offense around Bill Walton and running guards all around his screens and his handoffs 30 years before he was born. Why do you hate Tim Duncan? Why do you hate Tim Duncan? I love Tim Duncan. The best thing, my, one of my favorite things ever was in the um, All-Star game every year, Popovich would, they would, run a, they would run a set where it was Duncan and four point guards, and they would literally just run around him in a circle. It was fantastic. Why, why do you hate Tim Duncan, though? I love the big fundamentals. One of my favorite players ever. I just wonder... Top four center of all time. Top four? He's a power forward, but we can go back. 
Don't worry about it. Well, you, you <laughs> and he's that, the number one power forward. You missed that hill to die on. I forgot. Yeah, I, I did miss that one. I'm thankful oh, for yeah. that. What was that? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. What did that I We don't even need to that, go there. That was, that was me speaking truth to power, Carrie. That's what oh, that was. Okay. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, <laughs> if the season ended today, the Baltimore Orioles would be the number one wild card in the American League. Do the Cardinals have a future Orioles in their division? Greg Amsinger thinks so. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your farm system has to produce your best position player and your ace, wind day guy, side young, good tire guy. I look at the Reds with Ellie De La Cruz now as that best position player, and Hunter Green is someone they've just locked into an extension. He's going to be around a long time. He's got the best fastball, average fastball velocity in the game from a starting pitcher. He's just figuring it out. He's going to be really, really good. I feel like the Reds are, and I know it doesn't look like it right now because the Orioles have a better record, but I think the Reds have more staying power to turn it around and become a force in a playoff team than even the Baltimore Orioles. That's how exciting the Reds are. That's Greg Amzinger yesterday here on 101 ESPN, and you look at what the Reds have as they come come into town. and uh, We're on to Cincinnati. The, the Reds have a lot going for them, and obviously Ellie De La Cruz is, after two games, a star in baseball. He's somebody who has electrified the sport. He, heck, even Stephen A. Smith was talking about baseball because of Ellie De La, yeah. LA De La Cruz yesterday. Mm-hmm. So you've got him, you've got Spencer Steer there, a young first baseman who's already this year got eight homers, 32 RBIs, and 861 OPS. Former National League Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. Jose Barrero has been terrific at shortstop for them. They've got some other young players. And as Greg mentioned, they've got young starting pitching. And we've seen Graham Ashcraft pitch really well against the Cardinals. Hunter Green has unbelievable velocity, and once he settles in and becomes what they think he's going to be, he'll be great. Uh, They've got other young starting pitching. Brandon Williamson's only 25 years old. They've got other pitching on the way, and I could absolutely see the Reds being next year's Baltimore Orioles, which is not good for the Cardinals because we're seeing Pittsburgh come along. We, we see the young pitching that they have and a guy like Keller. O'Neill Cruz isn't even in the lineup, but the Pirates have a lot of young talent coming along. The Brewers continue to be pesky and they're always good. The Cubs seem to be ascending and they desire to spend money. Cubs might even be in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. So oh the Cardinals... God. That'd be awful. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. But it'd be great seeing him, but I'm saying it'd just be awful to see him in that uniform. Yeah, so the, the Cardinals with their young players... They need their young players to be as good as they thought they would be. That means they need to develop them. This is people like Jordan Walker and when Graceffo and McGreevy get here, they need to ascend the young players that are already here. They wouldn't move Lars Newtbar in a trade for Sean Murphy. So uh, a guy like Mason Wynn, he, he needs to be what they expect him to be because all these teams in the division have taken advantage of all the torture the Cardinals have inflicted over the years. And they've used their draft choices finally, apparently, efficiently. And, and not, not just draft choices, by the way. For all of the times that we've heard over the years, the Cardinals spent a bunch of money in the international pool. A- among the Latin American international players that they've signed, mm-hmm. the only one that spent a year, a full year or more with the club is Carlos Martinez. But they never got more than a full year out of a Rosarena or Garcia or... Uh, uh, 
Johan Oviedo or Alcantara or Junior Fernandez, they, they never were able to get full seasons, let alone good careers, out of the international market. And it sure looks like, and by the way, part of that is Oscar Tavares passing mm-hmm. away, but it looks for all the world like other teams in the division are utilizing, the, especially the Latin international market, much more to their own team advantage than the Cardinals are. Not to say that the Cardinals didn't get Marcelo Zuna out of the Alcantara trade. They, they did. Not to say that they didn't get uh, Arnado in part because of they had a guy like Elahuris Montero that they were able to move. But the uh, And last year, they got uh, at the deadline, uh, they got Quintana in large part because they had an internet, Malcolm Nunez, that they were able to trade. But in terms of the, in, the young international players that they've signed, they really haven't helped the Cardinals. Yeah, and that's what you're saying is, yeah, they can bring in people after that you've had a, you've seen like a greater body of work, but it seems like that early stages of evaluating that talent hasn't panned out. I mean, even if you look at Odolis Garcia, I'm sure that I, we all saw, that was like a revenge tour that he had mm-hmm. against the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic and he didn't get much of a chance. I know we'll get some texters that texted, well, the Rangers DFA'd him too, but here's the thing. They, they figured out something when it came to evaluating and developing him and look at how it's paid off for them and look at how he's playing. Randy Rosarina will always be a sore spot because a lot of people will text in too and say, well, we knew that he was going to be great. We knew that. He didn't get much of a chance really to really even get a good look. And I think that's something that the Cardinals will always regret. And Randy A is going to make you regret it too. For, yeah. me, for me, you know, trying to develop players, it's it's a two-sided coin. The player has to be able to understand the work that is required, and they have to be able, and, the, and the, the, the coaches, the scouts, have to be able to develop those guys into actually being those players. And sometimes it's Sometimes a change of scenery helps you as a player. Yeah. Sometimes you may not flourish in a place and, and you go to a different place. Maybe it's the coach, coaching. Maybe it's the culture. Maybe it's just the environment where you feel more comfortable. There are so many factors in trying to develop players into being stars or being major league players or major league caliber players that it's not just one thing. It's not just, you know, coaches have to do this. It's all of those things tied in. And you could have a player, as I said, that's here that doesn't do well and conversely does great somewhere else. And and maybe it's somewhere else and doesn't do great, but it's better here just mm-hmm. based on the environment. So it, for me, it's hard to, to to pinpoint one thing and saying that's the thing that's causing for guys to be better or not be good enough. It's a lot of factors that go into it, and guys have to be prepared when they do get their opportunity to make the best of it. And the Cardinals, they're going to be looking at, and we as fans, we're going to be looking at O'Neill Cruz. We're going to be looking at L.A. De La Cruz. We're going to be looking at the young pitchers that those franchises bring along, their utilization of the international market, and well, we also have to know that the Cardinals did have 18 looks at Fernando Tatis Jr. and didn't sign him, right? That's mm. evaluation. Cardinals weren't in on Juan Soto, didn't have an opportunity to sign him as an international player. They had the uh, opportunity uh, to sign Richard uh, with uh, the White Sox, didn't sign him. So it just that aspect of it, spending $10 million in, I think, 2018 on players and not getting anything out of it to this point. Maybe Yvonne Herrera will wind up being a good player at the major league level. I don't know. But at this point, what the Reds and Pirates appear to be doing to succeed, the Cardinals haven't yet taken advantage of. Well, and also, too, outside of the Latin players, I think we're seeing something kind of come to head in the organization Unless also right now, too. Developing starting pitching, as you were talking about, mm-hmm. and also 
of, of developing and evaluating outfielders as well. I mean, we can go back to even looking at Jordan Walker. He was playing third, right? Why didn't you start moving him over a little bit sooner? You knew. I mean, unless they thought that Nolan Arnauto was maybe going to opt out, but I, I highly doubt that. I, I will never understand why they didn't prepare him more for that position when they had the opportunity in the minors a little bit sooner, because then that would even give him more of an edge, more of a reason you know, to keep him up here longer. I, I think it's interesting, too, because I kind of took like a deep dive last night on the Reds and what they have going on. You mentioned some of the young talent. Spencer Steer, he was named National League Rookie of the Month, and I I thought it was very interesting, something that he said about their success right now. He said, we found our identity early in spring training. We're going to outwork teams. We're going to play hard and to the last out. I think we've we've kind of run with that this year. I think that that's interesting that they they already kind of established that identity that early on, even with that young core group. And the Cardinals still don't feel like they have an identity right now in June, even when you're bringing up some of these younger guys to provide some sort of spark. Can you read that quote again from Spencer Steer? (laughs) Yes. We found our identity early on in spring training. We're going to outwork teams. We're going to play hard and to the last out. I think we've kind of run with that this year. And what happened in the Cardinals' second game of the season? With Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Setting an identity early. He gets ripped by his manager for not playing to the last out and not working hard. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that was fair, we can debate. But the fact of the matter is the manager identified part of the Cardinals' identity early on. He, mm-hmm. he said, that's just not the way we play, but it was the way they were playing. And it's and and the thing is, is it still felt like it has stayed the same too. Yeah. Where it's how many times we've we talking about the past few days, where it looked like even when the game was not even close to being done, it looked like that they were done or they knew what to expect. Yeah, they are. As I said, when you are losing, you just it 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 sits with you. It's there. It's you're unable to feel like. A win is coming. Even when things are going well, you feel like, oh, man, here we go again. The fact that they won that game, that final game in Texas was was mind-blowing because there were many opportunities to to not win that game. There was an mm-hmm. opportunity for Tommy Edmond and, and Jordan Walker to run into each other. You, you're nervous because a, a, what you've seen all season is this is going to happen. You saw Mercado and, and DeYoung almost bump into each other. When you're a terrible team or you're a team that is not winning, you expect those guys to bump into each other, not collide and, and hurt each other, but the ball to fall on the ground, the, the Rangers to get another out, get another opportunity, and then them to score, tie the game up, and then win in extra innings. That's just the, the, the psychological feeling that you feel when you're a bad team. And the Cardinals are a bad team right now and have to find ways to recreate create good things, good energy, and go and play hard. That's the most important part. Playing hard each at bat, each time you're out in the field, playing your hardest, doing your job, no one else's, and you will find a way to win games. So you'll like this quote, CD, just real quick. Uh, another Reds quote about the camaraderie. This is what Ashcraft had to say about it. If people could come in and feel the camaraderie we have in this clubhouse, it's unmatched. There are a lot of great things coming. That was the Reds starting pitcher, Ashcraft. Yeah, chemistry like we talked about with Adam the other day. And by the way, the Reds are, you know, they're not great, but they look to be on their way. And chemistry can breed winning, or winning can breed chemistry. But they're feeling good about themselves in Cincinnati. And the Cardinals have three against the Reds this weekend. Coming up, slow week in golf, and uh, we're going to talk about it with our our buddy Jay Delsing next on 101 ESPN. (laughs) 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, envision, azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN, Golf with Jay Delsing at 9 o'clock. But he joins us at 7.30 every Friday to talk golf and a massive week in the golf world. The stunning news on Tuesday that the PGA Tour and the uh, Live Tour had merged. Essentially, the Live Tour bought the PGA Tour. Jay Delsing joins us now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. It was a... <laughs> Brutal, brutal week, guys. Brutal week. What made it brutal for you? Oh, well, I mean, we could start with our commissioner just being a big, fat liar and and, and just, you know, being so disingenuous and, and um, hypocritical. And, um, oh, man, I don't know. It has been a struggle for me this week, you guys. I have, up until this week, I have always been kind of proud that I was able to be associated with the PGA Tour. And this week has made me... You know, question some of uh, our decision making. I, I just, you know, you you can't walk back all the things that he said about nine eleven and about um, you know the families that that suffered and and, and things like that. And um, I know that there's all this. All, I, I've been reading information just on and on and on about what's happened and um, what this means, and this is going to be a new company. And I, I know the PGA Tour in title isn't going to change. But the bottom line to me, you guys, is this. Whatever was going to be revealed in the lawsuits was worse than having us work for the Saudis now. That's the bottom line. So whatever they didn't want to come out, and I don't know if it'll ever come out. I don't know what was in our closet that is so bad. But to me, that's the, that's the bottom line. I mean, this was, it was either this or that, and they chose that because it was better than, you know, what people were going to learn about. I don't know. Maybe it. Maybe the PGA Tour has, has done some really, really horrible things over the years, and and you know, doesn't want anybody to know about it. I, I, I'll. We'll probably never know. 
Yeah, we've been talking about it all week, just how this was able to happen behind closed doors. And it seems with not that many people involved, Roy McIlroy, he talked about yesterday about just kind of feeling like the sacrificial lamb out there because he's just been a longtime critic of Liv. But also he's on the PGA Tour policy board. How is he or other golfers not involved? And what are you hearing from them about this? Well, they didn't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's really unfathomable in today's world, guys, with social media and just so many different ways of communicating and, and, and people with cameras and things like that. It's, it's almost impossible that they were able to do this. But, but I, I just got finished reading an, um, an SI article, and Jimmy Dunn says that he's the one, uh, through the blessing of Monaghan, reached out to this guy, and they had a meeting in London in early April, and then they met in Italy again in May, and and basically the way that they're spinning it now is that this is going to be a brand new company and uh, the Saudis and the PIF have right of first refusal as a PGA Tour business partner. And that all the Saudis ever wanted to do was to be involved in golf and all they want to do is, you know, lend some of their money to enhance the game and yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, none of this, this is all just a bunch of crap now. I mean, how do you believe anything? Jay, with that being said, Tiger Woods and Rory turned down life-altering money for guys that already have life-altering money. Is there any talk <laughs> that, that this could now uh, be a benefit for the PGA golfers? Is there talks of maybe guaranteed contracts where you don't have to win to get paid? Yeah, that, well, we already kind of did that last year, uh, CD. We, we have this thing that if you go out on the PGA Tour and you have a lousy year, let's say you make – and it's still going to sound like an awful lot of money, but let's say you make $200,000, which is a lot of money, but you go out and spend 150 trying to make that 200. The PGA tour gives you a stipend of $500,000. Once you have your PGA tour card, <clears throat> excuse me. And that goes against uh, anything that you earn in prize money. So basically if you only made the 200,000 in prize money, you'd get 300,000 from the PGA tour. So they already kind of do that. But what I am really interested in understanding this article just said that now Monahan controls live golf. Okay. So live golf's going to go away. If this is the case, live golf will go away. The pathway for these live players back on the PGA tour is still really murky to me. And what I believe you guys is that Rory tiger, uh, Gary Woodland, I know how much Gary Woodland got offered over 75 million. Anyone that was offered a contract from the PIF will get paid somehow, whether it's under the table, over the table, through the table. I don't know, but that, that's, that's the only, that's the only way it can happen <clears throat> because if you find someone, how is that going to put money back in the pockets of the players that turn the money down? Mm-hmm. It, it just, there's no, I, I just don't see any sort of even quasi equitable solution here other than that. Hey, Jay, let's fast forward to the 25, the start of the 25 season. Maybe let's look at the, yeah, the, the Hawaii, the Hawaii stretch in 2025. Okay. And you fell into a coma in uh, on January 1st of 2022 will you notice any difference you wake up at the start of 2025 is Kepka going to be there is Shambo going to be there is uh, Sergio Garcia going to be there and you don't know anything about what happened with Liv is the tour going to look any differently probably not I, I, I think I, I, there's, I, I believe there might even be a pathway for this to be positive guys these 
people have so much money. And the bottom line, from what I hear from some of the players and some of the players' meetings, and the player meeting was as dicey, I guess, as it's ever been up in Toronto this week. And the, the, there's so much money that they believe, and, and this is maybe another spin thing, but there's so much money that they believe that they, they can put this into the game and use it in a charitable way to really make some some positive changes in, in the world and maybe even in, in – and cultures eventually, but man, I don't know. It, it just seems, it seems, you know, how do you trust any? There is no way Monahan will be around for more than I. If he makes it three months, it'll be a miracle. There is no way that the players don't get bounce him. There's no way you cannot look this guy in the eye and 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 believe a word that comes out of his mouth at this point. And so the players will get him out. I don't know where. I don't. There's just. I still have guys. I have more questions than I have answers on this by a long shot. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my my question, Jay. Uh, Jay is Jay Monahan. I told I told Randy and Brooks six months, and he's out of there. But you're saying three months because it, you can't trust somebody that is supposed to be the the leader of your your company that goes behind your back and does something that he vowed and that you all vowed would never happen. No, I mean, if you're Roy McIlroy, that conversation that Jay had with him had to be like, I mean, just get the button ready, you know. I, I mean, how many how many f bombs can you drop when <laughs> when you're having this conversation? And I mean, it, it it it's just it's just hard to it's just hard to imagine. And um, I, yeah, moving forward, um, the the one thing that the, that this you know this may solve is that. How is the PGA Tour going to sustain these top purses? How are we going? You know, where was all of this money coming from? And if if you're going to actually give Monahan, you know, because right now Phil Mickelson is crowing. He looks like the guy he wants to be, the smartest guy in the room. He, but if you if you do completely give Monahan control or whoever our commissioner is control over the live guys, what's that going to look like? And 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 how what how do you, how do you let them back in, at, and at what's the cost? I mean, there, there's no way that if you tell Dustin Johnson he's got to pay a hundred million dollars to come back and play, he's got to pay that. There's no way, and he probably doesn't even have it, even though you know because there's taxes and all this other stuff involved. And then, guys, what about lawsuits? What about our current sponsors? What what about Congress? I mean, Congress is. We have been tenuous with this this stuff, anyways. Congress has been looking at our, you know, our five hundred one c three arm, and I have a feeling, guys, that's where the that's where some of the biggest skeletons lie, and and that we were probably going to lose that that lawsuit. So, I mean, you think that everybody's going to just let this lie now that the tour is going to dissolve its lawsuits and say there's no more disputes? I mean, this is going to cause more. I'm really intrigued to see how this unfolds, and I wonder about people that are critical of uh, of the the live tour and of the investment fund. This is the direct quote from Phil Mickelson to Alan Shipnick just over a year ago. It was uh, it was about a year and a half ago? He said of the Saudis, they're scary blanker blankers to get involved with. We know they killed Washington Post reporter and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi. They dismembered him while he was still alive. There's tapes of him screaming. Uh, and they have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. What happens if a reporter is critical of the Saudis and the tour? What happens if a PGA pl- player in 
inadvertently, comes out of the closet. How do they act with their human rights background? Do they do they legitimately change or does something something horrible happen to those people? Yeah, exactly. How are you doing if you're Brandel Chambly? Are you resting? Are you sleeping with your eyes open? Right. I mean, Brandel has been on the offense with these guys and talking about murderous regime and and for a year and a half now. And so, you know. <laughs> and, and by the way, Brooks Kepka essentially threatened him the other day on Twitter so, right after this happened. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah, it, it, there really is. And I, I, I mean, um, I, I think there's so much that went with this, guys. I think that with Kepka playing so well, I mean, I, I, I sincerely believe, especially from the Netflix series, Full Swing, that if you Kepka joined Liv because he was really, really uncertain about his physical ability to play on tour. I really believe that. He was in a really low, uh, terrible state of mind. They offered him $100 million or so, and he took it and wasn't for sure that he was going to get his game back. Now that his game's back, I mean, guys, he slept on the lead on Saturday at Augusta, and for all intents and purposes, we thought he was going to win that. And then he goes out and just just destroys the field at the PGA Championship. I guarantee you this had something to do with it as well. I don't think the guys were expecting the live players to be that significant. Phil's tournament at at, uh, Augusta, the back nine that he played on Sunday, had Mm -hmm. a great finish. I mean, it's arguably a bigger story than than John Rahm winning the damn thing, you know? So um, the, the, the fact that live might go away, I, I mean, I can't even say anything with any certainty, Randy, other than it just really pissed me off this week. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like it. Who do you have on your show on Sunday? Well, we talked mostly about this. Okay, good. <laughs> we, we, we got Rob Sidorczyk, uh, who's a great guy down at Family Golf and Learning Center, been teaching and, and eating hooks and slices for years and helping people with their game. And so Rob came on a little bit, but I think he's going to be overwhelmed with our uh, – our talk on live and 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 and, and what's going on, and guys. We got to get out and play. The weather's great. Yes. We got to go do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Jay, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. Have a great day. See you later, Jay Delsing, with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo ho! Take it or leave it. Coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. You don't hear the dulcet tones of Kerry Davis. He's getting, he needed coffee? He needed coffee. Desperately. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which we all do. I'm probably going to be on my second cup here soon. Okay, it's Friday. Friday. I know. Sometimes I wish I never started drinking coffee. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you drink coffee? I don't. I've, I've never had a full cup of coffee in my life. You see, and so many people I've met who have never drank coffee actually kind of have, it's easier for them to get up because you're not so reliant on this as to, you're mm-hmm. kind of jolt. My mom's the same way. She's like a bright, shiny morning person and has never had coffee. Huh. 
Yeah, you need a microphone yeah. first. Let me tell you something. Okay. If I don't get coffee, it won't be good in here. I'm the same way, and that's what we're talking about. He doesn't drink any coffee. <laughs> He's got his uh, propel and his Diet Dr. Pepper fueling, fueling yep. him. Yep. He doesn't need coffee. I wish I never I don't. drank I don't. caffeine. Yeah. Well, you kind of drink a little caffeine. A little caffeine, yeah. So I need it. Everybody needs caffeine. I started drinking coffee when I played in Pittsburgh. I had never drank coffee before Hmm. in my life. I was 26 at the time. (laughs) And I wouldn't drink it every day. It would just be on those days. Well, let's say, Randy, some of the nights... Where I stayed out past my oh. curfew. Okay, gotta get the coffee. Had up. to get up and stay up in meetings. I would have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. just to get me going. And then when I got done playing, oh, it was like <laughs> clockwork every day, every day. Yeah, once every you get into coaching, right? <laughs> you better have it. Yeah. Yes. It becomes an addiction. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm there. All right. Full fledged. Guys, we'll see Ellie Dela Cruz tonight. We've seen O'Neill Cruz. We'll see him again with the Pirates. Dela Cruz with the Reds. O'Neill Cruz with the Pirates. Dansby Swanson has a seven year deal with the Cubs. Willie Adamas is going to be with the Brewers for the foreseeable future. Take it or leave it. There will be a day in baseball in which Mason Wynn is considered the best shortstop in the National League Central ever. I'll take it. Oh, is Ellie playing shortstop his whole yeah. career? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And, and so is O'Neal. Yeah. That'll and Swanson's going to be there. That'll be a fun battle. Now, Swanson doesn't really... I mean, Swanson is steady. Good defensively, steady. yeah. Not, yeah. A, not an offensive performer. Yeah. Uh, and Adamas is... Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm going to take it because maybe there's a year where uh, uh, Ellie doesn't have that spectacular year. And okay. Mason plays over his head. So, yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I think it'll be a fun battle for years to come. I hope so. Back and forth. Yeah. So we were talking yesterday, and, and Brooke brought this to my attention. I, I was unaware of all of the things oh, no. Zion Williamson. <laughs> no. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. So I, I what did what any red-blooded American does. He rabbit gets hole. on the Twitter, Twitter yeah. machine, yep. and, and he goes down the rabbit hole of Zion Williamson and all of the tags that are attached to it. There are, there's a lot. I didn't know this. Brooke informed me, and I I, I am now well informed. I like well how you're informed. putting this on me. Well, I didn't know. I had no clue. So take it or leave it. With all that Zion has going on, he just wants to go play basketball now. <laughs> I'll take it. Take I'll it. take it, yeah. He's ready for the, the playoffs to end, the new season to begin, to be in training camp, and to get away from it. He's got a while. I mean, mm-hmm. it, we're not going to get revved up again. He's not going to play until October. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, 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 we got some time. He's ready for the offseason to end right today. Now. Yeah. He's ready to go back to work. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take, take it because it is, it is messy. Please. <laughs> uh, please. Well, I don't know. Children aren't in cars as yeah, much anymore, uh, right? And, what time? Yeah, they might be. Okay. Uh, just, no, it's summertime. Just it's summertime. To the, oh, yeah, summertime. To the kids that might be listening, don't, he's just yeah. having girlfriend problems. For the adults A listening, look it up for your own discretion <laughs> because it is messy. Not at work. Messy to say the least. Um, it, and it doesn't seem like it's ending, too. More and more stuff keeps coming it out. Is, it's a lot. <laughs> it's Zion just, is it's bad. He's a wow boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a mess. A I've been around, you know. You got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> Be safe. Take it or leave it. The Panthers will come back and win, and they will win in Game Seven. Leave it. I'm gonna leave it too. Oh, I'm gonna leave it. I'd I'm all in on Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, but they just don't. They look. They don't look like the better team. Yeah. Las Vegas looks like the better team, the more poised team. I know they, they lost that game last night, Vegas did, but they just seem pretty much throughout the entire game 
they seem like the better team. I just hope, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me being optimistic. This could be the spark for them for an amazing comeback. Hope so. It'd be a fun story. I would like to see the cup what make its way to St. Louis this summer. A gentleman sweep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he would do. I always think it's interesting. You know, it's it will be. Barbershop will come back. He's not coming back here. He's with not that. coming He's back to come celebrate visit. here in St. Yeah. He's going to come visit his guys. He's done. Yeah, not here. Petrano's There's a better chance done. of Petro bringing Petrano it back here. Petro will come back. It'll be back here one way yeah, or the other, least, right? You know, Petro's got the house here, but I think oh, he's going right. to Canada. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. It's a Pat Maroon brought it back a couple of times. Hometown. You know? Yeah. That, that was fun. Yeah. All right, uh, Matthew, what do you got on the old text line? Sometimes these textures just know what, what's coming up later in the show. Take it or leave it. I'd rather watch the playoffs. I'd rather watch the Cardinals being contention for the number one overall pick than squeak into the playoffs and lose again in the first round. I'm going to leave it. Hmm. I don't. I, I, I'm never. You will never get me to agree to just losing. Who the hell does that? <laughs> who the hell, who NBA, the hell uh, wakes up in the morning seven to eight NBA teams and says they, the players do not. The front office may construct a team that has no chance to win, but as a player, you think I – Rock, let me tell you. Let me ask you a question. You think I want to go through all these damn practices to go out there and lose on Sunday? Do you think – I wasn't talking about the players. Do you think – well, then those are the people that matter – do you think I want to go through all of this, traveling if, as a baseball player city to city? I'm out of town every other week, every other day. I'm never seeing my family, and I want to continue to lose. Do you know how miserable that is? Do you get paid? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you know Some how miserable does. it is? It's miserable, brother. It, yeah, that's well, you know what's what, funny, CD? I just got deja vu because I remember you saying the exact same. Remember we had the conversation about the blues where yes. people were like, they're, they just need to lose. You know, they're just losing to lose. And no. we were like, so I got deja vu flashback <laughs> from that. And I don't like that I'm getting deja vu of that <laughs> because we know what happened with the blues. <laughs> and oh, by the way, <laughs> right now at Tankathon, the MLB draft lottery simulator uh-huh. has Oakland with a 16.5% chance, chance to win the draft lottery along with Kansas. Kansas City and Colorado, so they have equal odds. The Washington Nationals would be at 13.25%, and the Cardinals would be at 10% right now as we speak to get the first pick in the draft. Who is the first pick? What does he do? Is he a pitcher? Uh, who, is the, a- who is the best player in the draft that, that can make an impact? Nick, I don't care about what he's going to do in the minors. I want a guy that's going to be here mid 2024. That's got to be a pitcher then. Then that's if if that's who you get, then there you go. Other than that, what are we talking about? Uh people talk about tanking like it's not the NFL, it's not the NBA. Guys are not going to NHL and M- MLB. Guys generally aren't going to come straight from the draft and be ready to play. No, never. The next never. year after the 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 following season after they're drafted. So when you're talking about wasting uh, time and losing games. You're as a player. You want me to sacrifice my money, my 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 time, for a guy that I'm probably not even going to play with. Because if we lose, I'm going to be fired. But think about what you could do, though. You could be like the Baltimore Orioles this year. Be pretty exciting, wouldn't oh, it? That's no? exciting. We that's that's the bar, Randy. <laughs> that's the bar we're trying to get to, trying to get over. Baltimore that's, the, the, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah, nah, hey, I'm Jackson okay. Holiday has a lot of upside too. He he's looking pretty good. Yeah, 
He's great. Mm-hmm. He's going to be terrific. Take it or leave it. Carrie was just trying to find a way to get out of saying yo-ho. I love you guys. Your show is great, but that yo-ho is just not. I, I want to know why, why some do people, people don't like the yo-ho so agree. much. And I'm going to leave it. Carrie loves the yo-ho. I do love it's, the yo-ho. It's my one chance to sing. And why do people want to take it away? Why do they? Why do they get so bothered by it? What about it? By the way, sometimes when I'm, yeah. when I'm cutting the audio for the for the podcast, like I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> click on it and hit the yo-ho perfectly. We sound fantastic, guys. We sound great. The harmony. I mean, we're all It's perfect. Four parts. We're doing well. Really good. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) Take it or leave it. The Panthers will come back to win the cup after that dramatic win last night. I think we might have had that already. We we left that already. Yeah. Brooke typed it in. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I wanted to do it again to see if I could get a different yeah, answer yeah, from you guys. What about the second time? I pulled right, that one when they said it. I was I was reading through other ones. My apologies. Uh, take it or leave it. The Cardinals will finish this homestand with a losing record. So that's three against the Reds and three against the uh, Giants. Um, it's gonna be my bird. I'm watch. gonna go 500. 500. It's my bird watch. Mm, okay. I'm gonna talk about. What happens if that happens? Okay, good. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. The Cardinals do have the fifth worst record in baseball. If they do a month from now, do they hit the reset button and shoot for the first pick in the draft? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke, Carey, Randy. And last week, Jeff Passan penned a piece at ESPN.com where he quoted one general manager, an anonymous general manager, as saying that he wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals fell out of the race if they would consider moving Paul Goldschmidt from St. Louis. Goldschmidt does have a blanket no-trade clause, so he can choose what team he would go to, but players with no-trade clauses have been traded before. Right now, the Cardinals sit seven games out of a wild-card spot, eight games out in the National League Central. They have the third-worst record in the National League. Actually, they're even right now. Well, they're percentage points ahead of Washington and ahead of Colorado. The question that I would have is, 
for a franchise that hasn't had a losing record since 2007, uh, they've made the playoffs in 2020, 21, 22. Uh, they have made the playoffs the vast majority of the time that John Mozeliak has been the Pobo or the general manager, and they haven't had a top 10 pick since the 90s. If you are the Cardinals and you find yourself with the fifth worst record in baseball on at the All-Star break on July 15th, for example, would you be inclined to move Flaherty, move Montgomery, move Jordan Hicks, move Paul DeYoung, and set yourself up for next year and set yourself up for having a high pick. There is a draft lottery now in Major League Baseball, so having the worst record doesn't guarantee you the top pick in the draft, but having the first uh, the fifth worst record would guarantee you at the, this point a 10% chance of getting the top pick. So would you guys be on board with that, with moving on from the idea of winning and losing at a high level for the rest of the season? No, I mean, that that's the thing is that I it's hard for me to believe that the players would also buy into that, right? Like, I, I know that we don't like what we're seeing from this group at this moment. Um, but it's hard for me to believe that they'll be like, okay, yeah, we're going to, you know, just kind of tank our own stuff. Because you have a lot of guys who are looking ahead for their own contracts or who need contracts after this season, too. I just can't buy into that they would tank. I do think you are going to get to a point, though, where you are going to have to, you know, find some trade pieces for something else for the future, too. Top of the rotation starter. You're going to need that. You're going to have to offload some of these guys. Let me give you another take it or leave it. Take it or leave it right now. If you were the Cardinals, you would offer Jack Flaherty a four-year deal for $50 million. Take it. No, take it. I would take you it, You said too. what? Four for 50. 12 and a half a year take for Jack it. Flaherty. Would he take it? I wouldn't if I were him. I mean, I, I mean, he's but he, he's, he's got to bet on himself to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, only he knows how his shoulder feels. And and if he took four years for fifty million dollars, Cardinal fans should be worried because that would let you know that he doesn't believe that his shoulder is going to hold up, that his body is going to hold up. Not only this season, but definitely seasons going mm-hmm. forward. So that's to me that is a a terrible deal for both sides. I mean, it, for Jack, it would be great if he doesn't think he's good enough or or healthy enough. I think Jack is um he's he's three and four right now, I believe. He he's pitched performed well in his last few outings. As I said a couple of weeks ago, he started to turn the corner. Him and Miles Michaelis has started warming up. They started performing better. And if you were to offer him that uh, that amount, I don't think he would take it because I think he believes he's mm-hmm. worth well more than that. And Matt's got forty four over four after having yeah. a fourteen and seven really good season with uh, with to- Toronto, and we've seen how that worked out. But yeah, that, that worked out great. Well, I think, too, especially if he stays healthy, knock on wood, the entire season, that's going to also matter a lot to the contract and the money that he's expecting, especially if he continues to perform in this way. He's performing like the ace that you need him to be, and also why I still believe that the Cardinals didn't go that hard into the starting mm-hmm. pitcher market as they as they said that they did. Or they didn't say. I don't know. They kind of went back and forth with that. I'm yeah. still trying to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, would see, I would see Jack if he wanted to stay here and the Cardinals wanted him. He's $20 million a year. And if it was like a 3 for 60 and, if, unless, and I don't know how old Jack Flaherty is which would probably give him an opportunity 27? To, to re-up yeah. at 30 years old. He's 20, where is it at? He's 27 now. He'll be 28 this year. Yeah, and so thirty-one, you could re-up again. And he, he's looking, by the way, at the forty-three 
that He's Scherzer and Verlander are getting. But uh, the, the, most, the best comp for him is Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has to go and sign a 244, uh, um, a prove it deal, and then get the next Rodon. You guys are missing the dual um, hometown discounts that Lucas no Giolito and Jack Flaherty then play take no for getting thing. to play together like old like like little buddies. Yeah. No such thing. Now, why would they're, they're schoolyard friends? Why no would the White thing. Sox do that? The White Sox are twenty eight and thirty six. They <laughs> have a winning gaffed. percentage of four thirty eight. The Cardinals have a winning percentage of four thirteen. I believe the White Sox are three and a half games back. Yeah, right why, now in the Central. Uh, I don't know why the White Sox would be selling to the Cardinals. It seems like it should be the reverse because they also yep. realize that their division's terrible and their roster isn't that good. But here's the thing: if you're the White Sox and you have Giolito and Cease and Lynn and you get hot, you can beat anybody with that group. That's three of the Cardinals trade targets I wanted to talk about. No. Just, well, White Sox need to start losing yeah, again. I, I don't think the, I think the White Sox are closer than farther. I, I think their talent, they just underperformed this year like the Cardinals have. So I don't think that they're I don't know. I mean, maybe they get to a point where they are bad enough to where they do start trading people away and and as a Cardinal fan, as a lifelong Cardinal fan, I could say I never would have thought we got to this point, especially with mm-hmm. this team, with yeah. the amount of talent that they have, with all of the expectations to to win the Central. Coming off of last year where you felt like, you know, you were one pitcher, one pitch, a few moments away from winning that playoff series and, and, and winning that game and then winning that playoff series to where we are right now, it's that is troubling for me. It, yeah. it has fallen off drastically from where we were at the end of last season to where we are right now. It, it's that's troubling. And and also too, just looking at the players, just from an individual, we like to talk about analytics. This team likes analytics. Just looking at how much they have dropped from year to year, except for Nolan Gorman. Obviously, he's vastly improved. But you look at some of your top performers over the past years, even Nolan Arenado a big down year and that's offensively and defensively Tommy Edmond even too what was his war that we said 0.8 oh, point, yep. point it was 6 eight. over point 6 eight. last year 6.3 last year i think it's yeah. point 0.8 right now is it point 0.8 yeah. right now yeah, yeah. and uh it, it's just seeing how much this team has changed dramatically it just feels like too if this club and we looking at the quotes that have come out from Mosellock and Marmal and even when we talked to Wayno the other day if this it doesn't feel like they have a sense of direction right now with navigating through these stormy waters if the organization doesn't have an idea of where to navigate that how do you expect the players to as well right and they need to change some things now here's the the big picture here and i know people that are listening don't understand that Bill DeWitt Jr. is highly competitive. But if you're if you're not highly competitive, you don't bring in Arenado, you don't bring in Goldschmidt, you don't sign uh, Contreras to the contract that you have given him. You you don't spend as much, even though it hasn't really come to fruition on the international market as the Cardinals have. It took Baltimore finishing fifth, 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 fourth, and fifth, and then fourth again to get to where they are now. And they're second to Tampa Bay. Bill DeWitt Jr. is going to turn turn 82 in August. If, if you're rational, and I think we all have to understand our mortality, then it doesn't make sense for him if he does want to win another championship, which I know for a fact he does. It doesn't make sense for him to set out on a six-year plan. So I would think that the Cardinals have a much better chance of not selling at the deadline and of ty- trying to take a shot, even if they're still eight games back in the division and seven games back in the wild card as of July 31st, I think the Cardinals are much more likely to buy than sell. 
I think so too. I, I think that they they kind of need to because you still have to, as I mentioned, if you it seems like they've done that formula the past few seasons, right? Where they go find a guy or piece to add to the starting rotation. You need somebody right now in that starting rotation. I feel like you need another piece, not just for now, but also next season. Because when will Gordon Graceffo be ready? Do you think he'll be ready by next season? Probably during next season. Yeah. You still have a lot to address with that. And depending on what goes with Jack Flaherty, right now the only contracts you have locked up in that starting rotation, Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz, who's in your bullpen. Mm-hmm. And Libertor. Can, can we agree that Jordan Montgomery probably isn't here next year? Again. Based on, based on, I, I mean, even if he's offered a contract, I don't think he resigns with the Cardinals. Probably not, with uh, especially being a Boris client. Yeah, yeah. And, and based on the, the what we've seen, here in this clubhouse from the the the, the kerfuffle that, that we've seen with Contreras. Contreras is going to be here, no questions asked. He signed a deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think you I don't think Jordan Montgomery is back. So now the Cardinals are in a position where you're going to have to sign Jack Flaherty or go find a starting pitcher. And if you can't sign Jack Flaherty because he's performing so well, <clears throat> you're pretty much in the same position you are this year. Even if a worse situation with your starting pitching because you don't have two of your five to start this season off. Yeah, they've got work to do. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, either way, they're finding ways to lose. So even if it's not what they're wanting to do, it's happening at this yep. point. So. <laughs> Coming up, St. Louis City SC back in action this weekend. We're going to talk to MLS season pass analyst Ross Smith next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. City SC home against the LA Galaxy on Sunday at noon. And of course, you can see that game on Apple TV on the MLS Season Pass. And MLS Season Pass analyst Ross Smith, kind enough to join us via the celebrity line here on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Ross, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy. Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Hey, if we would have started the season, and I would have told you that on June 9th, heading into the game against the <laughs> LA Galaxy, that City SC would be number one in the West, what would you have thought? No chance. Absolutely no chance. I, uh, I I covered the first game in Austin, and I have to tell you, Randy. I mean, the amount to to I've never had a more difficult game to to prepare for because of unknown players and unknown commodities. And and I know players like Edouard Lufen has had a, you know an extensive career and resume across in Europe, but I hadn't seen him play. Um, you know, Klaus, I hadn't seen play, and so to really dig in and to know to try and appreciate the, the nuances and what they bring to the team. And then the rest of the players around, there were some from, you know, the, the second team, the USL team that I could go back and watch. Anyways, it was the most difficult game I've ever had to prep for. And never would I have believed what we saw in the Austin game, but certainly what has happened since. But now it's, it's almost unbelievable if they draw points and if they lose a match, so you almost think what has gone on here, they shouldn't be dropping results. So it's amazing how the mind has shifted. Yeah, you brought up how important some of these players are for City SC, including Blom. The last time we talked to you, Blom was out. What is the difference that you've seen with City SC since his return? He has come back in and reached full fitness at the the perfect time. When question marks, I think I was with uh, on your show before, and you guys asked me the question, how are they going to keep up this energy? And all of a sudden now with Blom coming back at mid-season mark just about then, 
they have a new look and there's a there's a new freshness to them and not that they needed a refresher not that they needed um you know any sort of makeover at all um but he's just provided this new boost so he's come in and what it's done with this new look um pushing vasilev further up and we chatted to vasilev about a month ago and we said look are you doing a job at the number six or number eight role um or are you making it your own and he said i think i have to make it my own because as much as i want to be forward scoring goals i think the manager likes me here and i've bought into it well that's changed and blum's come in and blum has been one of the best number sixes in the league destroyers but now vasilev has pushed up even further the pitch so with one guy coming back in you've almost got two new signings the way i look at it and it's just a new look and at a time in the summer months when you need to kick on again, St. Louis have done it. Hey, Ross, there was some earth-shattering news. I'm sure you heard about it. This guy named Lionel <laughs> Messi decided <laughs> yeah. to join the MLS. What have you thought about that? How is that going to change soccer? And how is that going to change the, 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 the structure of what we're seeing right now? Yeah, yeah, I had to check the pronunciation guy just to make sure before I came on the call to get that right. Um, It's, um, it's massive. It's Matt. It's, I I think the debate that I've been having and I don't know which side I fall on is, is it as big or bigger than when David Beckham came in in 2007 and Beckham, not saved the league, but he he certainly gave it uh, a lot more of a, of a foothold credit. Um, and the way he's taken the game, and look at the David Beckham effect. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't help but think, uh, in large part, Messi's coming because of David Beckham. And so David Beckham coming to MLS still has had this massive impact all these years later. But for Messi, what he's going to do now, I, I think it is a giant, obviously, but I think it comes at the perfect time with the other giant of Apple TV coming in. Because sometimes players like Ronaldo, and maybe it's my ignorance, they go off and they play in Saudi Arabia. I don't know how to watch Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm sure, you know, I'd be able to find out how I can watch his games, but it's not as readily available as Messi coming here. People around the world know how to watch him. And I think having the two giants um, link up in the same year is massive. And, and the young talent, I think that's a big part of it, is making sure, you know, from our end of it, and I believe it, I'm not just a mouthpiece um, or trying to serve as a mouthpiece, I'm... I believe it. The, the young talent in this league is phenomenal. And I think if you're a young player or if you're a player, young player outside the league, you're thinking, I want to go to MLS. I'm on Apple TV. Um, clubs around the world will be able to see me. I can showcase my talent and maybe I'll get a bigger move into Europe or, you know, MLS in itself is, is starting to pay the wages that is attracted to players. Ross Smith of MLS Season Pass with us on 101 ESPN. Hey, Ross, whenever I talk to Lutz, and steel. We we talk about Berkey because what, the first time I talked to Lutz this season, he said, "Hey, Berkey's the best goalie in the league." And, and this is before SC had played a game. And Berkey has shown me enough. You see every team. You know what's going on. What is your impression of Roman Berkey? Yeah, I I think top three certainly, and and top three. Uh, I mean, there's there's three players right now in form. New England. Their goalkeeper, Nashville SC, their goalkeeper um, with, with Joe Willis. I, I think those three, have, along with Berkey, have been phenomenal this season uh, so far. And Berkey, I mean, just everything. You, you can talk about his shot stopping, his reactions. Um, I think his, his presence, his presence that he brings. And I've been on the training ground at St. Louis, um, you know, just to see how he carries himself. He's the perfect signing. Um, the, his leadership and the fact that he carries the weight of, of Europe and, and playing in big games, I mean, that ad, attitude reverberates right through the team. The fact that they're not an expansion-minded team. 
they're an experienced team that just so happened it's their first year in, in the league. And I think it all starts with Berkey, your captain, because he's got that, he's got that experience and, and the mentality of, no, we're not the new boys. We're expecting to win. Well, I wanted to go back to Lionel Messi just real quick because KSCK, a local TV station here in town, is reporting that tickets have gone up for City SC with people hoping that they'll be able to see Messi uh, when Miami comes to town on July 15th. Will it be too early, though, for him at that point? Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm a a little bit confused and i got to look at this because everything's pegged towards if it does get over the line, which everything looks as well with Messi, that it'll be um, uh, the, the Cruz Azul match um, that he'll he'll be playing in. And so against Cruz Azul, I think it's the 21st. And so I'm with you as well there because I'm covering the Miami match, the 15th. And I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I don't understand because the, the transfer window opens up. I think it's July 5th. But all that, you know, he's coming across free agent. Anyways, the little wrinkles that I need to iron out in terms of detail. But I'm a little confused as to why he can't be starting in that match for, for Miami um, when Miami comes to St. Louis rather. So anyways, I, I wish I was 100% clear for you, but um, for me, it doesn't quite add up, but it is lining up as though it would be from everything we're hearing the Cruz Azul, which is about six days later or so. Hey, Ross, what you guys are doing with Apple is amazing. We love MLS Season Pass, and we're thrilled with the the way things are going with our initial foray into MLS here in St. Louis. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Randy. I hope I get to meet you you guys soon. I'm coming in the market this week, so I always look forward to this trip. Sounds great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We will appreciate it. That is uh, Ross Smith with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up. We've got the fight. Do we need a fighter? Are we good? We're we're good in the fight department. A fighter department. I don't know if we're good in the fight department. You're, you're good in the fight department. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll I don't see. know. You're like uh, Ali, or <laughs> they're like Sonny Liston. Oh, okay. I, 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 I like Liston. I, I, I like Liston better than the, the, the first fight against Leon Spinks. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fight's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Kyle. Kyle, how are you doing? I am well, Kerry. How are you this morning? I am doing wonderful. I had my coffee, and I am uh, I'm on my second cup. So now I'm I'm into the game, as they say. Yeah. I was kind of okay. dragging a little bit earlier, but I'm I'm back. I'm back, baby. Hey. hey, that's what happens when you get to be a certain age. It doesn't take much to drag us down. Yes, indeed. All right, you ready to take on Randy? As ready as I can ever be. All right, here we go. The Cleveland Guardians set an American League record with their 22-game win streak in 2017, which NL team owns the Major League Baseball record with 26 straight wins. The New York-slash-San Francisco Giants, the Brooklyn-slash-LA Dodgers, or the Cincinnati Reds? Brooklyn Dodgers. Let's talk more about Major League Baseball streaks. Joe DiMaggio's 50-game streak was done in Yankee pinstripes. Which all-timer holds the live ball nationally record with a 44-game streak? Is it Pete Rose, Paul Molitor, or Barry Bonds? 
Oh, you would throw all of those in there. I know Molitor went on a run for a while. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. Let's go Pete Rose since he's got more hits than anybody will ever get in a lifetime. All right. Who led the who led the world champion 1999 Rams in receptions with 87? Is it Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, or Marshall Falk? Uh, I got to go with Isaac. Arguably the largest win in U.S. men's national team history. Arguably the largest win in U.S. men's national team history. Which world power did the U.S. beat 1-0 in the 1950 World Cup? Is it Brazil, France, or England? I'm not that old, Brooke. <laughs> I'm a year older than Randy, but I'm not that old. Hey, I didn't come uh, up with these. This is this is uh, little Rocky over here. He he put some hard ones. Rocky to his room. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll just guess Brazil because I know they've been a powerhouse forever. We will double check that score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Go to your room, Rocky. (laughs) (laughs) I assume you're not feeling too well then, Kyle. Uh, uh, No. Not Not even close. I got to tell you, though, Kyle, I was telling Brooke this, and someone from the 314 texted in, said, you sound kind of like Mike Claiborne. Yeah, you do. You, you, you got. You, you sound a lot like him. Well, Randy can can attest to this when he hears you. Say hello to Kyle. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Randy. How are you? I'm doing good. good. <laughs> the one thing that I can say, I'm Terrence Hargrove Jr.'s uncle. Oh, okay. Oh. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Terrence is great. Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. I love TJ. He's the most energetic guy. Is he, is he always like, like he is on the basketball court? Does he bring that sort of energy to life? Everywhere. He's been that way since he was born. <laughs> I love but that. But his brother's worse. <laughs> That's so much fun. That's great. I'll put it like this. His brother outran asthma. Oh, right. oh wow. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> That's so fun. Good. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Here we go. The Cleveland Guardians set an American League record with their 22-game win streak in 2017, which NL team owns the Major League Baseball record with 26 straight wins. I think it's the Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. Let's talk more about Major League Baseball streaks. Joe DiMaggio's 50-game streak was done in Yankee pinstripes. 56. 56-game hitting streak. Did I say 56? Yeah, you said 50. You said just 50. 56. Oh, I'm sorry. It's in the 50s. Okay. It counts. Yeah, it does. Sorry. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio's 50-game streak was done in Yankee pinstripes. Which all-timer holds the live ball nationally record with a 44-game streak? I believe that would be Peter Edward Rose in 1978, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us who was against, since you know? Uh, well, Gene Garber ended the streak. Gene Garber, okay. the Braves, he was mad that Garber threw him a curveball in the ninth inning. <laughs> you get mad for the pitcher throwing the pitch. He's trying to end the hitting streak. Mm. I know. Rose is still mad about it. He should be. All right, here we go. Who led the world champion 1999 Rams in receptions with 87? Marshall Falk. Arguably the largest win in U.S. men's national team history, which world power did the U.S. beat 1-0 in the 1950 World Cup? England. Al Borgie was the the keeper. He had the clean sheet. Jack Buck treated Al Borgie in World War II. 
and at Ramadan. It's unbelievable. They, they didn't know each other, and then all of a sudden, uh, they, they meet here in St. Louis, and they're, they're talking about their war experience, and uh, they're talking about where they were. And oh so Al says, I got hurt. And Jack Buck says, well, I, I, was a, I, I treated you. It was unbelievable. Randy, I, no, I, Al Borgie treated Jack. That's what it was. I, I would, I, I've said this before. Can we... St- Tap something. Study can we, his brain. Can we do something. Put some some of those sticky pads on your on your head and see how the wavelengths go yeah. when you start remembering things. It's it's frightening, sir. Where was it? Where, where did you treat him at? Ramadan, the, the Battle of Ramadan, right? Or Ramagan, whatever it was in World War Two. I, 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 you, you got one up on me on oh, this one, Randy. You he, know, and know he's obsessed. No, he's obsessed with history. I don't know the specific World War II battle, but let, let, more, more than half of the, the U.S. team like was from that. St. Louis. That, that, it that, was, that, is, that is very true. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of why I asked the question. And um, because you brought up Mr. Jack Buck, let's not even gild the lily on this one. We have a winner in today's fight. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. You're first. You're last. We're on to Cincinnati. Kyle, I will say this. When Randy Carricker starts breaking out World War II trivia, pack your bags. You lost that one. I'm sorry to say that. Believe me, I I lost before I even dialed the phone. I wasn't even concerned. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. Randy Carricker with a 4-1 win. Let's just go through those answers in case you didn't hear them. The Cleveland Guardians set the American League record with their 22-game streak and 17. They were technically the Indians still then. But which NL team owns the Major League Baseball record with 26 straight wins? Well, they were in New York then. It was, in fact, the New York uh, baseball. Ball Giants. Uh, DiMaggio's 56-game streak was done in Yankee pinstripes. The NL record, 44 games, is Pete Rose in 1978 after he had already hit the 3,000 hit mark, which is just stupid. And who led the 1999 world champion St. Louis Rams in receptions with 87? It was, in fact, Marshall Falk. Uh, Isaac Bruce had 77 for second on the team and arguably the largest win in United States men's national team history. Which world power did the heavily St. Louis uh, rostered U.S team beat 1-0 in the 1950 World Cup. It was, in fact, world power England at the time. A 4-1 win for Randy Carrick. And it was Frank Borgie, I apologize. Frank Borgie, who just recently passed away, by the way, was he, the goalie for that team. He was driving, he was driving the hearse for his dad's um, funeral home. That's what he was doing the, the entire like years leading up to then going on to beat England. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Kyle, thank you so much for joining the fight today, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you all so much. I enjoy you every day. It makes these drives that I do every day a, a, a beautiful thing and much easier to deal with. We appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you. And tell TJ we said hi. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, so that, how wild is that, though, that two guys from the same that wind up in the same town are in, in Europe together? Yeah. yeah. One treats the other... And then they wind up meeting, and, and Jack Buck was from Massachusetts and have been in Ohio, and they wind up meeting here, and wow. they, they talk about their experience, and one has treated the other That's medically. Amazing. That sounds like a movie. Yeah, it should be. It should be. It's a good idea. So there's a fight for you here on 101 ESPN. Next up, we've got uh, two days in a row of Bird Watch hey. here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. 
time for bird watch. We're calling it the watch today because last time the Cardinals played, they won. Exactly. One nothing against Texas. And of course, now we are... We're on to Cincinnati. Yep. And the Reds in town for a three-game series this weekend. Former Cardinal bench coach David Bell guiding the Reds, who are owned by a former Cardinal partner, Bob Castellini. He was one of the original partners that bought with Fred Hanser and Bill DeWitt and uh, and that gang back in 1996. And Bob Castellini, uh, they've kind of scuffled in Cincinnati since he took over. But... Brooke, what do you got? So we're going to fly down to Memphis because we're we're on Dylan Carlson watch as well with our bird watch, too, because we're checking on him and when his return is. I did think it was going to be a little bit sooner, but it seems like they have said that they're more focused on his recovery and him being fully healthy. Well, last night in his third rehab start in AAA, he went two for four with a walk and a double. He was also able to kind of show off his wheels a little bit, too, which I think is encouraging. I saw some reports that... Maybe they were hoping that he would be back by this Red Series. I I don't know if that will be the case because, as I mentioned, they're just looking at his recovery. But it's going to be interesting how things pan out when he returns. He's got to be the center fielder, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got to, uh, I just plug him back in there and let him play every day and find out what you have. At, exactly. At this point, you need to know what you have in that guy. Yes. You do because you, you, you are, I mean, you're struggling looking for outfielders right now, and he is your best defensive outfielder. He's your best center fielder. Um, is he going to perform at the plate has been the question. You, Randy, you've thought that he's a – he has all of the tools, all of, all of the talent, but – um, and I thought he was doing really well until he got injured coming out of the batter's box, turning his ankle. I don't think it should have taken this long. That's just me. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's it's whether or not he's able to do that at the plate consistently and continue to have, you know, those opportunities in the outfield because of his 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 at-bats. And if not, then we'll see. We're going to be in trouble if he's if he's unable to, to perform. If he's not, then you're looking at Newt Barr. I don't think right now that – Newt Barr's prob- still out with a week with a back. How long do you think he's yeah, out? About a week back. See, here's the thing with uh, with Newt. We, we silence to- for me. Yeah. Notice the silence, uh, audience. We'll, 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 get really? we'll get some. We'll get some. We'll, uh, I because- need no more back injuries. I just need just zero. Well, so the Cardinals started the season with essentially three center fielders with mm-hmm. Newt, with Carlson, and with uh, Tyler. What's he? Uh, Tyler O'Neill. He, he's got a bad back. How long has he had that for, Brooke? <laughs> If everyone could see my face right now. Uh, How long did you say? About a week back. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't think that Tyler O'Neill has a future as a Cardinal center fielder. So, I think it comes down to Carlson, Newt Barr, and Tommy Edmond. I really do. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, it's This has been a, a an issue all season long, this outfield. You know, it started out as a, mm-hmm. as a position of... of plentiful mm-hmm. and now it's not we are trying we got infielders in the outfield and Tommy Edmond hasn't performed poorly out there yeah. he's just not an everyday outfielder you talked about his war how it's .8 now and I would assume that's because he's playing more games in the outfield than he is in the infield and you know it's just it's not his normal position right. so you got guys that are that you need to play well perform well and you know if they do then this team could win games yep so my uh, bird watch is going to be for the Cardinals in whole, the the entire team, because I feel like, and you all can tell me what you think about this, this series versus the Reds is an important series, and it's important for this. If they go over, if they get swept versus the Reds, you know, we talked about 
Mo saying that 20 to 25 games, that range would be the the ideal for where you know whether we're going to be sellers or, or buyers at the trade deadline. We know where this team is going to go. I'm going to bring it even closer. I say if they get swept by the Reds, this team is done. And they're done because at that point, they'll be 26 and 40. They'll be uh, obviously 14 games out under 500. No telling how many games back in the NL Central at that point. Maybe 9, maybe 10, maybe 11. Who knows? It's that this series is that important to win this series, not get swept, and not lose the series. That I think this is the, the a pivotal pivotal series for this Cardinals team in this season right now. Well, and especially too, if we keep talking about how weak the rest of the teams in the division are, if you get swept by the Pirates, okay, then that excuse kind of doesn't look so yeah. great. You get swept by the Reds potentially, or saying if that does happen, to your point, then it doesn't look like you can even compete within this division. How are you going to win the division? So I think that that is a very, very fair point. And the thing that you were referencing, so the Post-Dispatch, Derek Gould just put out an article um, with John Mosellock, and he said that, Mosellock said that he believes that 25 to 30 game window is crucial on how they're going to move forward. I do think it's going to be a lot sooner than that. It's very discouraging that you start out June in this way. And even if you look at May, May was a very tumultuous start, not a great start. And then, yes, they performed well against the Brewers and Dodgers. And then that was it. Then then the, all the momentum was left. Whether you want to put that on the 19-day, 19-game stretch, I just don't think that that's it. I get that that is very physically tough and daunting, but it just sounds like another excuse. Then you had two days off. It's it, it, Right. There there seem to be a lot of excuses, right? The World Baseball Classic, the yes. 19 games in 19 days. We don't know why the injuries are occurring. I, I would think if you're an organization spending a lot of money on players, you would want to know why the players continually get hurt. There's a lot of excuses that they've had, but... I go back to my guy, Bill Parcells. Don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby. <laughs> That's a great quote. That, my, my running back coach told me that in, in college. Yeah. <laughs> he, I don't care. Don't tell me about the pain. Just show me the baby. Yeah. That's what that was his line. He often said it. And, you know, it's, um, you know, this team has all of the potential, but potential doesn't mean anything. It just means you haven't done it. Right. That's That's my definition of potential. Guys, because there is so much negativity surrounding the ball club and the losing and the way they're losing and their on-field demeanor and body language, it's all legit. But I don't want us to look at all that negativity and miss out on what we're seeing with Nolan Gorman, who's tied for second in the National League in RBIs. He's got 44. He is eighth in homers. He's eighth in slug. He's 11th in OPS. And he's 23. He's an emerging star. And it's so fun to watch him hit because he's he's that left-handed slugger that we've been talking about for several years. I remember John Denton coming on last year in the card. Remember they were going through every left-handed hitter Corey Dickerson couldn't hit. And they they were bringing up Burleson. They brought up uh, Carlson couldn't hit left-handed. So anybody who could hit left-handed in the organization was getting an opportunity. Well, now we, we're we seeing a legitimate left-handed threat with the Cardinals in Nolan Gorman, and he's only going to get better. So I hope folks, despite all of the issues that surround this club, are appreciating what they're seeing in the emergence of number 16. Well, and also too, to the Cardinals' credit, that is something that has very much worked out with them when I'm talking about the process. We keep hearing about the process. That is something that they can clearly point to as an example of a process that worked out and benefited. They wanted to see something in particular for him, kind of the same thing that they wanted from Jordan Walker when they sent Nolan Gorman down last year. He had an off-season kind of checklist of what they want to see from him, him as well, what he wanted to improve on, and it worked out. So I'm sure 
that's something that you can credit the Cardinals with when it comes to trusting the process in that regard. Yeah, they, absolutely. And he he and they deserve credit. They gave him an off-season program. And yes. they, they write out a program they for do. kids. Yeah. And yeah. he abided by the program, did what they suggested he do, and he's turned into a really, really, really good hitter. And by the way, I give the guy credit because I remember talking to somebody in the minor league system last year before they called him up. And... I said, well, how's his defense at second base? Because he was a pretty good third baseman. And the the, the word I got, that's eh, kind of clunky. Kind of clunky was the, the, the word I got about second base. He is a very serviceable second baseman. He's not Tommy Edmond over there. He's not Tommy Herr over at second base. But he's serviceable. I think you can win with Nolan Gorman playing second base. So well, I, I do, too, until we see he was on the not top ten highlights yeah. for that behind the well, back two of over them, right? Yeah, one was a running error, one was a throwing error or whatever that was. <laughs> whatever attempt mm-hmm. that was. Um yeah, I, I agree with you in in terms of uh he's serviceable at that position, but I I think you want your best players playing the best positions that they are no that they were signed up for. Yeah. And that would be Tommy Edmond at second base, Paul DeYoung at shortstop. <laughs> Someone that has played center field, Dylan Carlson mm-hmm. preferably in center field, and then uh, Newt or in right or left and, and Jordan Walker in the other. And until yeah. they get healthy. And that makes Gorman your DH. Yes, that makes Gorman your <laughs> DH. And until they get healthy, um, they won't be able to have all of those guys in those specific spots. I was just giggling because someone from the 636 said, nice job, Mo. His prospect process has started to look like it's working for the first time in a decade in reference to what we're talking to about Nolan Corman. Well, hey, better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine and lollipops yeah, today, everybody. Yeah. Yep. It's a new day, new series. That's the bird yeah. watch. Oh, and with this new series. We're on to Cincinnati. You bet we are. There we go. Uh, that's the bird watch coming up next. We've got our rush hour reset and another St. Louis superstar to talk about here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is 9.03. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. And we're on to Cincinnati. We are. I think I broke the machine here. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying it to... turned Uh-oh. off. This is not good. Uh-oh. I, I think I messed up, guys. Turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The party's over. The party's over. So I don't know what I did, oh, but I, I messed up. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, last night in Sunrise, Florida, which they do have the sunrise in the east, so it's a good spot for a hockey game in June. I'm sure it was very, very nice outside. But the Florida Panthers wound up tying the best of seven Stanley Cup finals against the Vegas Golden Knights with a come-from-behind 3-2 win. 2-1 lead for Vegas in the final closing moments of the third period, Florida pulls the goalie and it's emerging superstar Matthew Kachuk coming through. Backhanded goal! Kicked away by Hill with an intercept block. That was close. Eckler across. And what's that? Stupid scores! Matthew Kachuk! 
So we go to overtime. That goal, by the way, from Burhagi and Ekblad at 17:47 of the third. They go to overtime and 4:27 in, the Panthers won it. Now Burhagi racing in to keep the puck alive. Picked off by Howden. The Chuck back on the ice for Florida. Forsling finds Bennett. Bennett cross ice shot. And Florida gets back into the series. They trail two games to one with the 3-2 overtime victory. After the game, Matthew Kachuk, the St. Louisan, was pretty excited. I just, I really don't know what to say. Probably just the gutsiest win I've ever been a part of. So I'm very proud of, of the team. And, and uh, you know, we're not done yet. Stanley Cup final. That's it. All right. What does it mean now to be back in the series? It's huge. Um, you know, that's a uh, big momentum game for us. And... Um, now we just, you know, one game at a time, and now we just got to win one more game. He sounds just like his dad, and he's got the <laughs> perfect demeanor. I tweeted last night that both the Cardinals and the Blues need somebody with the demeanor and the competitiveness and the ability of Matthew Kuch- Every team in sports needs a Matthew Kachuk. He's what you want. Yeah, because there's something that it, it kind of, to your point, too, it's more about what we have been talking about with the Blues and with the Cardinals this season, where it feels like you're missing that tough guy. You're missing that guy that hates losing so much, and that's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. too. Matthew Kachuk hates losing the way that he is so clutch the way that he competes out there every single game you notice him I I mean every team would love to have a million of different players like that right you can't there's something that you can't put on that money wise or even statistics that can't be measured that's just coming from him instinctually yeah it is it's something that, that you talked about it a lot Randy People that hate losing more yeah. than they love winning, those are the guys you want on your roster, want on your ball club as teammates because they're not going to go away. They're not going to quit. They're not going to you know, be down in the third period of a Stanley Cup final, already down 2-0 in the series and just say, oh, we, we don't have it in us. No, they're going to fight, fight their butt off, fight to get back in the game. And, and as I said earlier, uh, Matthew Kentucky, Matthew Kachuk took a hard hit in that game and was questionable to whether or not he would come back into that game, came back, was able to tie the game, and Carter Verhage was able to score the winning goal in overtime. Those are the type, types of teammates that you want. Game four tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. It comes your way at 6.30. As far as the Cardinals are concerned, we're on to Cincinnati. Cardinals taking on the Reds tonight at the ballpark. Lively, Ben Lively, not, not Blake. Blake. Not Blake, <laughs> it's, it's Ben. Okay, He's going sure. against Jordan Montgomery, who... Is an unfortunate two and seven with a four point two three earned run average. Cardinals opening the three game series against the Red Legs tonight. It's a pivotal series for them. I, I think this is one of the most pivotal series that they've had this year. I mean, they they have you you finally won a game. You were on a five game losing streak. You had lost what was it seven seven of eight mm-hmm. at that point. You have to find a way to win this series preferably sweep this series and and put yourself back on the track to winning the division start there we can't we can't worry about getting to 500 because you might be able to win this division and be under 500 but you have to put yourself back in a position to at least win the division yeah and and here's the thing i would i would like for the cardinals i think we all would right to just carry the momentum that's that was huge for them to win that final game of the series against the rangers that is a really really good rangers uh, team i mean the the fact that they were able to do that and still just kind of come away with the win, I think, says a lot about the potential of this group. But it's like you said, Carrie, potential doesn't matter. It's the results that matter. Finally, stringing together things is what's going to matter here. And it seems like the Reds, even though they're just kind of middling and there's times where they don't look great, 
We talked about those quotes earlier, you know, where I read from Graham Ashcraft, where he said, if people could come and feel the camaraderie that we have in this clubhouse, it's unmatched. And you're seeing that play on the field. That's why I think chemistry matters so much to a team Mm -hmm. and that cohesion and people looking like they're on the same page, that they have the buy-in as a group of the process of what the organization wants as well. Having that buy-in and that working out and having those rookies mesh so well together with the veterans is, is such a combination that you wish that you could see with the Cardinals right now. I know that there's still a chance. It's just a very discouraging start to June. By the way, uh, cool weekend for giveaways. Uh, they've got a really nice hat they're giving away presented by Shane Co. tonight. The first 25,000 fans age 16 and older get a hat that I, I need to get my hands on <laughs> one of those hats. And then tomorrow for the 115 game, you've got the Albert Pujols adult giveaway jersey. Uh, the adults get the baby blue, the Saturday road. The kids get a road gray Albert jersey, so that's pretty cool. And then on Sunday, it's the Adam Wainwright London Series bobblehead, where Adam is a guard outside of, uh, what's the castle there? Buckingham, Buckingham Palace. Yes. There you go. Uh, Adam is one of those those guards. So, And it's also <laughs> Looney Tunes Day. With the purchase of a theme ticket, fans take home an exclusive Looney Tunes and Cardinals themed t-shirt on Sunday. So a lot of cool stuff. Check it out at cardinals.com. But the cap tonight, the uh, Albert jerseys tomorrow, and then the bobblehead giveaway, the, Al- the Adam bobblehead guard giveaway is on Sunday. So a great weekend of giveaways for the Cardinals, and I need a cap. Yes. All right, so you're going to buy a ticket and wait in line because I, yes. I feel like the lines aren't as bad for the other ones, which they have great they have great giveaways. But for the bobbleheads, <laughs> oh, Randy, <laughs> Randy. What you say? Not now. <laughs> I feel like I've noticed that when it's bobblehead days, the amount of people lined up and not oh. even just to go to the game, but just to get the bobbleheads. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the Cardinals have, th- this is just a great home stand. The Giants coming into town next week, so we'll talk about that on Monday. But uh, it should be a fun weekend, and hope you enjoy Cardinal baseball over the weekend. And it's the Cardinals have done such a great job of making their games, even if the team is struggling, it's a great social event to get out to the ballpark. And the giveaways are great. They're high quality, so uh, a, a lot of positives to be drawn. Hey, congratulations to, and we haven't mentioned this yet this morning, the Oklahoma softball team. Eliminates Florida State. It's a best of three, and they win two to nothing uh, in the series, two games to none. Oklahoma has won 53 straight games. They've won three titles in a row, and they're fantastic. The former athletic director at the University of Missouri, Joe Castiglione, is the athletic director at Oklahoma. And every single Oklahoma program is great. I mean, basketball's always good. Football's always good. Women's basketball's always good. Softball and baseball are always good. Mm-hmm. They're just, what a fantastic program Joe Castiglione has going to, at Oklahoma. Well, 53 games is uh, three championships in that time. They have done a fantastic job. And uh, it's, it's, I guess it's unfortunate that you're just now starting to hear these last, this last week or two about this streak and how well they performed. They are, uh, that, that team has done a great job. And, you know, kudos to those young ladies for for performing at the high level that they have been. There you have your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head to the celebrity line. Our buddy Chip Carey will have the call tonight on Bally Sports. And the Cardinal play-by-play man will join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There we go. Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and 
We go to the celebrity line, and it's our Friday visit with the TV voice of the Cardinals on Ballet Sports, Chip Carey. Good morning, Chip. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Good to be back home. Oh, it's great to have you back here in St. Louis. Let's start with this. Are you a wine drinker? Oh, yeah, sure. What, what is your wine of what, your type of wine of choice? Yes. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Okay, we we need to take care of Chip for joining us every Friday here on the air. So I'm uh, I'm going to get you a bottle of wine. I just want to uh, I, I want to nail this down. Yes. As long as it's not ten thousand dollars, I'll get it to you. Uh, if you're offering, I'll never say no, Randy. So <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that to your discretion. Okay. Hey, uh, that that was uh, that that was a rugged road trip, and it, it was great to win the last game. But man, just just the uh, Losing three to Pittsburgh, you can understand losing a couple of games to the Rangers, although you hate to lose them the way that you did. But just overall, just a rugged trip, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the games were all close. The Cardinals were in command of most of them, couldn't uh, finish them off. Uh, the offense was very cold, except for the first game in Pittsburgh. That was the real uh, body blow. I think you lead 5 nothing. you load the bases three times, you can't add on a run. I think if the Cardinals had added on one more in that game, it was probably going to be over. And that really set the tone for the entire road trip. Remember, the team had had a couple of days off. We were coming off that 19 games and 19-day stretch. Everybody was refreshed. You could just see the energy in the room, and boom, they jumped off to the 5 nothing lead and lost that game, and then the snowball began rolling downhill, and they couldn't stop it. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we got the win in Texas. That's a really good team, and even though we lost two out of three, the other positive out of that series is, remember this, the Rangers are the best-scoring team in the American League, and the Cardinals held them to 10 runs in three games in their home ballpark. Uh, the starting pitching has been very good for the Cardinals over the last two weeks. The offense has been in and out. Uh, thankfully, we scored one, which was enough to – Went behind Jack Flaherty, and now we come home to take on a young, energized Reds team that's uh, got their big superstar prospect in the lineup. We'll see him for the first time, but another opportunity for the Cardinals with the Reds and the Giants to uh, you know start of make that long march and climb back toward the 500 mark where we stand 11 games under at the start of today's play. Chip, I think the the word that can describe this Cardinals team for this year has been inconsistent. So what do you feel like is the most important part for them? Is it the starting pitching going seven innings? Is it the lineup having the timely hitting, the base running, the errors in the field? What exactly is the one thing, if you could pinpoint one thing, that could help this team be more consistent each game? I'll answer this the way Randy uh, asked the wine question. Yes, <laughs> um, you know I think that's what I think that's what's so maddening about uh, about the team so far is in the early days of the season. You know, the first weekend against Toronto, they swung the bats like they were the '27 Yankees, but really struggled to get you know get outs, get ahead of people, finish them off. Then we went through the cold stretch where nobody was hitting, and the bullpen was good. Uh, then we went through a stretch where the offense was good. The starters really struggled. I mean, it's just you, you, you fill in one hole with wood glue and then another, another hole uh, filled with termites and another one pops up down, down the, uh, the fence posts. Uh, it, it's just been one thing after another, and there really hasn't been an extended stretch, in my opinion, other than that 14-game period where everything has been relatively in sync and it's looked like uh, the Cardinals are playing Cardinal baseball. And so, uh, look, we keep saying it, and it's true, uh, we have 99 games left, uh, but we are 11 games under 500, and the math tells you it's going to be a real challenge with this group to get to 85 wins. You know, you got to go 60 and 40, roughly, for that to happen. The team right now, after 63 games, <clears throat> pardon me, is... 11 under 500. So unless it dramatically changes and stays changed consistently, uh, it's going to be a challenge. They know the challenge ahead. They're not shying away from it. 
Uh, but it's not going to be easy having to pass all these teams in the central first, the wild card second, and then hopefully, of course, to win the division again. Yeah, Chip, I think that's, you know, the million dollar question right now. But I wanted to ask you if there is one thing that you think that you could fix. It could be, you know, a position. It could be outfielders, starting pitching, anything like that. There's one thing you fix that you think could just really kind of catapult this team to more victories, some consistent victories. What do you think it would be? I think starting pitching. I think the guys over the last uh, two weeks have really done an excellent job. They really have. Jack Flaherty's on a nice roll. Uh, He's looked really good. Montgomery's had no luck at all. Wayne has kept us in games. Michael is pitching as well as he has in in his Cardinals career. Uh, But I think the tone is set with starting pitching. If you go out and your starter says, I'm going seven and we're going to give up and I'm going to give up two or less on a consistent basis, that takes all the pressure in the world off of your offense. And I'm not saying that this is uh, the case, but I go back to what Bryce Harper said about the Nationals in 2018, the year before they won the World Series. Uh, They had all kinds of bullpen problems, and they went out and addressed that at the deadline with uh, Sean Doolittle and others. They felt like they had to win the game three times. And uh, that's hard. It's hard to win one game, but they felt like they had to win the same game three times because they get the lead, the the, the, – uh, the, the opponent would come back, score a couple runs. They'd get one more run. The other team would uh, feast on the middle relief, and then the late inning guys would have trouble. So get some, get the starting pitching to go seven. That would be a, a, a huge relief, I think, for everybody. We had one start of six innings on the road trip. That's, that's not what anybody wants, and that was Jack's performance uh, down in Texas where he had all of those walks. So uh, I come from a culture where starting pitching trumps all. If you win, you get good starting pitching. If you don't, it's because you're in your bullpen every day and you feel like you have to play catch-up a lot of the time. And I think if you had to put a, a one sentence on what we've seen a lot of this summer from the Cardinals, I think that would be it. Chip Carey, Cardinal play-by-play man on Bally Sports with us, as he is every Friday here on 101 ESPN. Okay, Chip, I'm going to make an outrageous statement that I want you to either accept it or debunk it. <laughs> Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> the best center fielder defensively on the Cardinal roster is Tommy Edmond. I agree with you. Uh, Oliver Marmel has said that. Uh, he is instinctive. He's got great speed. Uh, he doesn't have the greatest arm, but you don't need that necessarily in center field. Uh, he, uh, he is fearless. I mean, think of the catches he made up against the wall in Pittsburgh and Texas. Uh, he just has a knack for going to get the baseball. He has tremendous closing speed. Uh, he's also very smart because he knows to get out of the way of Jordan Walker when he charges in from right like he did in Texas. That was uh, scary. Think, it was scary. I mean, that would, have, that would have been a major collision had it happened. Uh, that's a reaction oh, nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Jim Edmonds was flinching as that ball was in the air. So, oh, God, here we go. Um, but, no, I, I think that's terrific, and that, that opens up a lot of other possibilities for you as far as uh, your lineup and your roster construction, right? Uh, you can play Newt Barr in left. You can play Walker in right or, or vice versa. Uh, that then opens up a spot in the infield for Gorman and Donovan to play more consistently at second base or DH. Um, I think, like we said, there's just a, there's a log jam of outfielders, there's a log jam of infielders, and the Cardinals are trying to figure that out on the fly. But that's all predicated on how well guys are playing. And at times, guys have played well. At times, collectively, they haven't necessarily done an awful lot. And I think that's the, 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 the quicksand that everybody's sort of standing in right now is who are the best guys, who are going to play best, and frankly, who's going to seize, seize the job so the decisions are taken out of the hands of the front office and, and Ollie as to who uh, sits in the, in the um, one through nine spots in the lineup. But I agree with you. Tommy Evans has done a great job out there. Chip, Jordan Montgomery going tonight. The Cardinals haven't won a game in his last 10 starts. What does, what does he need to do specifically to help them get a win, and what does this team need to do for tonight to get a win? 
Well, a couple things. In fairness to Jordan, I think we've been shut out in three of those games. Uh, so going back to him, run support. Run support has to come, though, from him not giving up runs early. I'd love to see him attack these Reds hitters. Uh, he's got good stuff. Uh, he's had trouble with his breaking ball his last couple of starts. If he can command that, that would be good. This is a young Reds team. They're filled with guys that are very, very talented, very, very good, and have just made their way to the major leagues from AAA. Jordan Montgomery is an established major league pitcher. Attack these guys. Go on the attack. Don't pitch tentatively and give your offense a chance to get hot against the Reds in, in uh, not just this game, but the other two left in the series. Chip, do you get excited? Ellie De La Cruz has just got caught up. Do you get excited to see young players like that uh, their first time in the ballpark? Love it. I think that's the greatest part of the game is you see these guys and how hyped they are and, and you see the things that they do from afar and you say, well, I'm glad he didn't do that against us. Um, <laughs> Um, but yes, I do. I, I think uh, when you see young players come up, they, they become major league players and you see how life altering that is for them. Luke and Baker for the Cardinals, a perfect example. Uh, this guy was leading the, the Memphis team in home runs and was hitting everything in sight, comes up to the major leagues and has three hits in his first two games. That's the lifeblood of our sport, not just for the Cardinals, but for every other team. And when you see these guys up here and they get their first couple of hits, you wonder, well, will he be uh, you know, an everyday regular? Will he be an all-star? Will he be a superstar? Could this guy be going to the Hall of Fame? And as you see the guy take the first steps in his major league career, you wonder how far along that, that path it'll take him, ultimately to Cooperstown. And I'm not comparing De La Cruz to anybody else, but I'm sure Cardinals fans remember the early days of, of Albert Pujols' career. When he got to St. Louis, he was talked about so highly by so many. I don't think anybody could have envisioned him being that great of a player, but here he was. And, and uh, when you get to see that kid early in his career like this, uh, I think that's a special treat for everybody. Chip, I just want to circle back real quick to the outfielders. And you were talking about Tommy Ebnett. I also agree with you. I think that he is a fantastic center fielder and he's done really great a job, something that he hasn't even done before. But what does that mean for Dylan Carlson and his return? I'm sure today we'll get more of a firm timetable on his return. But what does that mean for Dylan Carlson when he does come back? Yeah, it's going to be predicated on play, right? Uh, this is the big leagues. You know, if you play well, you play. And, you know, like everybody else, Dylan's going to have to fight for his time, just like anybody else coming back from the injured list or, uh, you know, trying to, to crack a 26-man roster. Uh, Dylan's a great player. He's a terrific uh, defender as well. You could sit Walker against a, a real tough right-hander and play Dylan Carlson. You could do the same with Newt Barr against a filthy left-hander if you felt that that was the right way to go. It's good to have options. But uh, right now, uh, you know, first and foremost, you pitch and, and defend. And I think the Cardinals are looking forward to getting their best defenders in the outfield on a consistent basis. Because remember, when Lars and Tommy Edmond were playing the outfield together, the Cardinals got on a nice little roll here. That was when they went 11-3. And and, Newtbar had, and, and uh, company and Carlson especially had a, had a big hand in that for St. Louis. So uh, we've been without them for two weeks or so now, and I think that's shown defensively, certainly. And uh, getting those guys back, I think, is a, a huge priority for the ball club. Chip Carey, before we let you go, when we first spoke after you got this job, you said, hey, my thing here is I, I want to have fun. And despite the struggles of, of the ball club, I, I admire your ability and desire to make it fun. And we're talking about sports here. We're, we're, we're talking sports, right? right? So I, I really do appreciate the fact that you're making it fun in the broadcast booth, despite some of the things that might be happening on the field. <laughs> well, we're trying. You know, there's a cynical saying that was passed down from, from uh, well, I'll just say family members. Uh, uh <laughs> We're undefeated in the booth. You know what I mean? And that doesn't, that doesn't mean we don't live and die with what happens on the field. We do. We really care. And I know the fans care. Uh, we're going for a tough time together. But when we come out of it, and I'm confident that we will, uh, I think we'll really enjoy those moments even more so. And as I said, I'm blessed to work with great people. They make it fun. And uh, despite the travails and troubles of the team on the field, we're doing our best to, 
to keep everybody interested, not just in Cardinals baseball, but baseball in general. And hopefully we'll put on a good show tonight and get the weekend off to the start we all hope. Everybody will be tuned in. These guys, my, my two partners here. Sure, we have, we love Jim Edmonds on I the broadcast with you. He yes. is he, some of the things he says are hilarious, and your responses are funny as well. It, it's just we it's love fun it, to watch. Yeah, he's uh, you know Jim's great. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't know how much time he here. I work with Jeff Francoeur in Atlanta, just like my youngest younger son, right? Uh, but they prepare exactly the same way. They don't need a whole bunch of stats, and they don't need a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, you know, press clippings to know what's going on. They feel the game. And I can't tell you what that means. And the same with Brad. Um, and, and Brad does the game in a very different way than Jim, which is refreshing, I think, for the audience and certainly for me as well. But but they feel, the, our analysts in St. Louis, they feel the game. And that makes it so easy for me as a play-by-play guy. I, I like to think of myself as a baseball guy doing TV, not a TV guy doing baseball. And there's a huge important difference in those two uh, mindsets behind a microphone. And it's there's nothing better than winding up Brad and watching him go or we say something stupid and look at each other and have to hit the cough button and can't talk for three or four pitches, or winding up Jim and letting him do his thing. And, uh, you know, just it's, it's organic. It's fun. They're really great people. I consider them friends. And uh, I'm, I'm really uh, pleased and humbled and honored, and certainly for job security, that they make me look good. <laughs> uh, BT is probably not listening, but if somebody ever hits a monster home run, give him that's a Russell Branyan esque type home run for BT. G- oh. g- give him that and let, just let him let him chew on that one. Oh yeah, we did. Did Branyan take him deep one time? A couple. Branyan's got a five thousand career OPS against him. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, there's, a, there's a guy named Bruce Drennan. He's uh, we we joke all the time. Uh, Jeff Francoeur introduced me to this guy. He's got a video clip. He used to do post-game stuff for the Indians on a show called All Bets Are Off. And if you Google it, he's he's hired by the team to talk about the team on the post-game show. And there's a Google, there's a, a YouTube clip of Bruce Drennan Peralta rant. Google that. <laughs> and when you see it, when you see Russell Brandon, Randy, I think you'll laugh your, 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 your butt off because it's just so perfect. And this guy's working for working for the club and he just absolutely tears them apart after a, a real bad loss and the irony of it, of it is is brian shapiro our great producer of valley sports midwest was producing that show and so if, if uh, the other team loses a game i'll pull that clip up and the first thing that drennan says in the post game shows oh we stink <laughs> no, he goes for five minutes so brandon bruce drennan it all ties together and hopefully it'll tie together for the cardinals tonight absolutely chip thanks so much for the time we'll talk to you soon Okay, guys, be good. Have a great weekend. See you, my man. That is Chip Carey joining us here on 101 ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) They are fun to listen to them. And I'm not even joking. I enjoy it, too. I do, too. I I really do. It's great entertainment. What I love about Jim is he's going to tell you the truth. Yes. You may not yeah. ask for it, but he's going to tell you the truth. Absolutely. And, and, it, and BT is hilarious, obviously. We love BT. He's very knowledgeable and understands the game as well. He's uh, he's awesome also. So they, they, they do a great job. Yeah, they do. Coming up next, is there a particular move for the Cardinals to make? And might it hurt to make it? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
just an ugly way of getting something done. And I, I, I just don't think demoting guys to the minor leagues shakes things up. I think a trade is something that has to happen for this organization to realize the present state of affairs is not good enough. That is Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. And he is saying in, uh, in more kind terms that uh, as our friend DeMarco Farr, by the way, happy birthday to D. Farr today. D. Farr, happy birthday. Uh, as, as DeMarco used to say, sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. <laughs> and to shake things up, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to make a trade that is unpopular among the fan base, unpopular in the clubhouse. But you got to shake things up and just make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Is there a trade that would be unpopular at this moment? I mean, obviously your corner infielders would be extremely unpopular. But other than that. Is there a trade on from this roster? Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I have one. Who, who you got? I'm not saying that I want this to happen. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. You, you know what I say? Because also, I want to point out to you, I, it made me think of this when Greg Amsinger, he used Josh Hader as an example yesterday, mm-hmm. too, talking about a painful trade, something mm-hmm. that is just really going to kind of maybe spark this group that this is not working out, this is not good enough. Um, I This would be a very painful trade that would involve Tommy Edmond. <gasps> Tommy Edmond. Now, here's the thing. He is obviously fantastic. Great center fielder. He's doing everything you want. Also, gold gloves. I think that, that I think that helps out a lot too. But here's something that's interesting. I know that he has a point eight war this season, so he's dropped off a little bit. But the biggest thing that I've noticed with him is that he has two years left of com- club control on his contract, not becoming a free agent until after the 2025 season. That's something that teams like. Absolutely. The question that I would have is, and I have not looked, I wonder if there's a team that feels like Tommy Edmond would be their final position player piece that would have a starting pitcher mm-hmm. that would be what the Cardinals are looking for. A pot- not a front of the rotation guy now, a potential front of the rotation guy. Is there a team that you match up with to make a move like that? I, and let's also point out that Jordan Walker's off limits, so he's not going anywhere. Okay. Yeah. You can't trade Contreras. He's so you've got, you got four guys, four position players okay. that you are not moving. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be interesting. I, I do think that you still need to have some top of the rotation talent, especially as you're evaluating things for next season as well. Too, I think like I have, I feel like there's like tiers to this, right? There's like some guys that I think that you might be the more obvious picks with when it comes to trades. Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, possibly as well. Too, mm-hmm. Flaherty also you could put him in that painful category in just the way that that's a homegrown talent that you have. That's somebody that you've invested a lot of time into in your organization. And here's the thing, with the way he's performed over the course of the last month, and trades don't happen until right before the deadline, but if Jack Flaherty continues to perform this way, he will be the number one player, not just the number one pitcher. If Jack Flaherty performs the rest of June for the next calendar month, if he performs like he has for the last calendar month, he'll be the number one commodity at the trade deadline for any team. He'll be the guy that will will get the biggest return. And yes, if he performs the way he has for the last month, for the next month, it'll hurt a lot. Yes, yes. And, and there's there's a logjam, too. So we already have a text in from the 636. You can't trade Edmund. He's your starting shortstop when outfielders get healthy. DeYoung can't be the shortstop when the outfielders are healthy. He's been the, out, been the shortstop yeah. when the outfielders were healthy. Yeah, there's and, also another name, too, that we've talked about. 
Mason Wynn. Yeah, he's he's, he's the shortstop. Be here. That long term, he's your shortstop. Yeah. yeah, and Edmund presumably would be your second baseman. I yeah. would be, and I get where you're coming from, Brooke, because he's a valuable commodity. Edmund is. But man, I, I just because That's painful. It's a painful it, it trade. Is. And here's the thing: long term, if the Cardinals build the way they built in the past, I don't think they have another second baseman. If Win is here, that you say, okay, that's a Gold Glove potential at second base. I don't think that they have the guy in the organization. Have they cared about that this season when it comes to the outfielders? No, but that's one of the reasons that they suck. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I'm just saying, I'm saying, I, I agree with you. It's great. Yeah. It's great to have goal glovers, but at the same time, look at what's happened with the outfield this season. Yeah. I, I would love an infield where you had Goldsmith, Tommy Edmond, Mason Wynn, or Paul DeYoung. Just consistency mm-hmm. and, and Arenado at third. I agree. Something where it's consistent, that would mean you have to have consistency in the outfield as well. People not being injured, people performing at the level that they need to play to be professional baseball players and keep their, their roles on certain teams. That hasn't happened enough here for, for, for this Cardinals team. That's why you got Tommy Edmond playing in the outfield. That's why you got Brendan Donovan starting in left field. You got guys all over the place because of injuries and before that because guys weren't performing well enough. Now, let me give you one more. Now, this will be particularly painful in this room. Okay. But oh. who did Oakland want for Sean Murphy? Who did the uh, Mariner or the uh, Marlins want for Pablo Lopez? Don't you oh, dare. You, your eyes are you're glaring. Don't you dare. You're glaring at me. <laughs> Who's your new fan club going to be when they trade away Lars Newbar? Oh, oh, no. I feel like the nutty neuters will always travel to wherever Lars Newbar is. Don't worry. Yeah. No, that, that would hurt. That, 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 would, be, that would hurt. Especially because the Cardinals, they think very highly of Lars Newbar. But yeah. with your outf- <laughs> doesn't look like it. But if, <laughs> if, if you do, for example, put Tommy Edmond in center field. Yes. And you've still got, you know, Walker's going to play. Right, and then you've got your other guys, whether it's Donovan or whomever. Um, you're going to have outfield depth, and I'm not even including uh, Tyler O'Neill in this conversation. I don't think that he's a factor beyond this year for the Cardinals. But the best return might come from Lars Newbar. What are yep. you getting in return? You have to get. A, a number two type starting like if you could have gotten a Pablo Lopez, that that was a deal that I would consider. I don't now, think, you aren't getting him now. He's already been traded. But that type of pitcher. Well, I don't think just Newt alone is going to get you that back. You're going to have to give something up I as think well. People like him a lot. I I, I agree. But you think yeah. they like him to the point where you're going to get a number two starter in return well, just for him? That's the thing. They could have they, they, from Miami. That that's what Miami wanted was Newt Bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they felt like they didn't at that time. The Cardinals felt like no way. They thought breakout guy. Do you think how much you think this also will hinge on what happens to with Dylan Carlson's return and how he because like we like we talk with Chip, it's going to depend on how he plays. He has to get back into that conversation. I think how he plays, I I hope it helps the Cardinals, but I think it's going to matter too on how they're they're going to approach things when it comes to pieces they're going to look to move because I do think it's more likely the names more likely that you would move would be possibly a Paul DeYoung, Alec Burleson. You have Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty as well. Jordan Hicks is another name Let as well. Let me give you one more here. Okay. Three years ago, John Mozilla said, I'll trade Dylan Carlson oh, when yeah. they pry me, yeah. pry him from my cold, dead hands. Last year, he went to Dylan Carlson and said, hey, we aren't trading you for Juan Soto. Now it seems like a distinct possibility, right? To me, yeah. it does. If, if he comes back and performs, he is eminently movable. 
I think because that's the big thing, too, that we've talked about with the outfielders and evaluating them is over the years, it seems like maybe going back to Adolis Garcia and also Randy Rosarino, where it's like, oh, they didn't get enough of a chance. I feel like that's kind of made them a little hesitant with a lot of these mm-hmm. guys because they want to make sure they give them as much of a chance as possible. It sucks that it bit them with Tyler O'Neill, And even with Dylan Carlson, you have him returning from injury hopefully soon as well, too. But I, I think that that's why that maybe they've been kind of holding on to this because they don't want another no. situation where you have another outfielder go and be a star elsewhere where it continues to look like you're not properly evaluating your outfield talent. For me, that's different, though. If you if you misjudge a guy based on minor league performances or what they are, what you project them to be in comparison to guys that are actually playing in the majors, performing every day. If you see right now, I mean, we felt the Tyler O'Neill, we, we talked to Greg Amziger. He felt like if he could get back to his 2021 form, this would be a team that could be NL Central winners and potentially World Series mm-hmm. winners. That's that's what we talked about, but it hasn't happened. And so when you have guys that aren't performing at the major league level to believe that they're going to go somewhere else and be great, maybe it happens, but it's probably who they are at that point. It's just it's just it's difficult to miss on on younger guys, on guys that are in the minors that you don't get enough uh, looks at or you don't see enough value in, and then they go somewhere else in the majors and perform at a high level. That's the part that becomes frustrating. By the way, this is a fun conversation for us. The odds of the Cardinals making a trade that it's going to hurt – Slim and none. I, I think so too. I think, and that's the whole hypothetical here, mm-hmm. and that's why I brought up Tommy Edmond. I think that Tommy Edmond is fantastic. I think the fans would absolutely hate that, which is what your question is. It, it's just interesting with the way that things are going that you even have to talk about Consider painful it. trades, yeah, right? But because that's what that's the period that you're in right now. And I know that Mosellock said they're going to continue to evaluate 25, 30 games. It's just discouraging that you even have to have those thoughts of a painful trade to find something because. As Greg also mentioned, too, these call-ups haven't provided that spark. That's a lot also to put on a Luke and Baker and Jordan Walker to be able to provide that. You would hope that there would be something that sparks this team thus far, and it hasn't just panned out well. Right. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And coming up, we've got rock and roll as we head down the stretch of this week here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. We obviously have a great relationship with our friend Adam Wainwright and our friends at Big League Impact. And thanks to everybody who's going to be involved with Swing for Impact Sunday night over at Top Golf. And thanks to Scott Lee Heating Company for helping sponsor this year's event. And there's still more to come, including the Cardinals London Watch Party. That happens Saturday, June 24th at Patios. It's hosted by us, Brooke. Carrie and Randy, and we can't wait to be there. And you can find out more about the Cardinals London Watch Party at Patios on June 24th by going to 101ESPN.com. All right, Matthew, what do we got here on Rock and Roll? Well, we got two crucial Game 4s coming up this weekend when we come back when we talk about Game 5. So I need to get a little prediction time here from you guys today. Tonight, NBA Finals Game 4, Nuggets and the Heat. Nuggets obviously leading 2-1 in Miami for Game 4. What do we think happens here? Miami. Uh, I'm going to take Ooh, Miami. Miami. Ooh, I'm going to take Miami. I, I, I kind of want to take the Nuggets. I just feel like... You know, Miami had an opportunity there in, in as Rock He's pulls his shirt us. to show, right pulls up his shirt to show us his shirt of Jokic. What does it say? Um, it says, "I love 
Dan. No, it is not. It's, oh, Joker. it's, like, a pl- it's like a playing card. This is Strange. lies. Where, where are these cameras? Um, Give me these cameras. I think the Nuggets are going to win tonight. I think Miami had an opportunity after winning game two. They get my they get Denver back in Miami and they didn't take advantage of it. And the Nuggets found, finally won a fourth quarter last game. So I think the Nuggets have figured something out. Mike Malone may have been uh hitting the right pieces, hitting the right, you know, the right spots in, in how he talked to his team after that game two loss. If there's gonna be a Jimmy Butler game in this series, it's gonna be this one. Oh, that's a good point. I also I also did think this was crazy. They won by fifteen while going five of eighteen from deep in an NBA Finals game. I think that just that tells you the quality overall of the Denver Nuggets. Also, Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final, which you can hear right here on 101 ESPN. Tomorrow it'll start with a 6.30 p.m. pregame. Do the Panthers tie this one up and kind of shock the hockey world a little bit after those first two games? I think Bobrovsky is back and Aiden Hill has been somewhat exposed. I, really? I've been saying that. I think, I think that this is going to be something that goes to a Game 7. I feel like the Panthers, they needed that. They needed that last night. Just coming back in that way, Matthew mm. Kachuk also scoring in that way, is very clutch. So I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I am going to go against the South Florida team again. Wow, this, this, feels, carry. this feels interesting. Okay, then. What do you have against Miami? Nothing. I actually love Miami. <laughs> so if, so if, if, if Kerry has his way, he rolls in here. Both teams are 3-1, and one and he's sad on a Monday. Uh, Brooke and Randy keeping it interesting with 2-2 two, two records. I like that. One I, the, I want you to be sad on Monday. Jesus. Yeah, that seems unnecessary. You just doesn't your want team. your team to win. That seems unnecessary. Matthew, yeah. I just don't want right. to see your favorite owner succeed. I don't. He's not my favorite owner. He's just your favorite person. Mm-hmm. He's he's far from my favorite person. I'm, close I'm surprised to he it. hasn't flown you out for a this game. Is yeah, I'm shocked that you, you aren't hanging out at the uh, in the five thousand square foot uh, ball the, uh, center. What's that, what's that? What's the uh, hotel down there in Miami? The the Clevelander. The Clevelander. Yeah. Oh. You you. He's probably there. Got a room. He should penthouse. They a nice pool there. God, you I probably wish. you would stick by the phone. He's I'd probably say, gonna call you. you know what? At some if Stan Kroenke offered all that to me, you would go. I'd say no. You oh, would not. you're lying. Oh, that is you are lying. It's called it's, called it's called having just you know just a little bit of conviction, oh, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're Try lying. it sometime. Right. You're lying. I'm not There's lying. You're lying. Okay, you're even, right. even I would go. What do you? If Stan Kroenke offered you all that, you'd take it. You give me access to Stan Kroenke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a good point. That's 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 nice. It's kind of like a sleeper agent. I would, you I would know? interview him. Yeah, he would have a con- just a conversation. I would, I would say categorically, no, sir, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> game the the the, the game clinching. I don't see like I like Nikola Jokic and I like I like the Nuggets, but like I don't actually care oh, that much. Yes, you, you do. I'm not gonna be like yes, you I'm would. Not gonna be like that sad if they lose. You're lying. You're lying. Ironically, you said my ability to like actually feel deep emotion when a team no. wins or loses a championship Wait, you game. You could have just cut it off at feeling is, deep emotion. It's at two. It's at three, it's at three teams. You could have cut it, it off at it's deep at three teams that they're right at this I, point. I, I think your deep emotion feelings are. Hey, you know what? This is this sounds terrible. I've completely lost. <laughs> I have no idea what you're trying to say. I'm not caring. Uh, Hand don't work in an audio yesterday. medium. Uh, I'm um, talking to you. Just cut right there. There were a couple uh, over the years, several phones and remote controls that paid the price over my anger from sports mm-hmm. teams. I cannot really? summon. I cannot summon that emo- summon that emotion anymore. I don't have it for sports. Yeah, I'm. I'm a hun- you now, are a phone breaker. Big time. TV. Oh, oh doctor. TV. There's, yeah. Really. Yeah. 
I told you. I'm an emotional guy. Angry I'm, Randy I'm, is the best Randy we know. I'm, I'm tears of joy and tears of sadness kind of guy. And there's, I just, I, a team's never going to do it again. For, like the Cardinals could win three World Series in a row, and I'll just be like, yeah, this is I fun. Mean, it's I not going to hit me that way. I, I'm the same way. I the don't Blues, have. A, I don't have an, an allegiance to a the team fifth, that... The 50-year heft of the Blues was all that hit me when they won that year. I was happy in the moment, but like that was where that came from. Like If they win another one, it's not. I'm not going to have anywhere near the emotion I had when they won in 19. It just it doesn't exist for excited. me anymore. I would always excited. Excitement, excited. Yeah, excitement, yeah, but I'm never going to get emotional or like. DeAndre really Hopkins to that goes level. to the Titans. Gonna We're going to win the Super Bowl this no. year. I'm crying, You'll and be, I'm flying you, out there. Cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. I'm Wait, glad. What? I'm glad they what got did it. I miss? I was talking to Rock. You, the Titans are going to do what this year? Win the Super Bowl if they get DeAndre Hopkins. I'm laughing as I say it. A great job today by our producer and audio engineer Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. And uh, sorry, I messed up your production there with my little instant replay machine. Oh, that no, it happens. I I, I think there was like it was like it was like two spots. Don't worry, uh, don't worry about commercials. Like things happen. Uh, Brooke, have a pleasant weekend. Yes, if Rock can be delusional, I can be delusional too about my Titans. Yes, you can. You're allowed. A team CD? I'm rooting for is in the championship. Oh, <laughs> You're man. Right. Hey, hey, you are. You are. Hey, hey, much hey, closer hey, than hey, she hey, is. Hey, 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 one day, one day, Titans fans. Well, no, there yeah. was that one day. It was 99, and I was really happy about we that one, too. We won't be here for that, Brooke. Yep. Sorry. I'm going to hey, ignore yeah. that. <laughs> we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Uh, we've got a balloon party coming up, then BK and Ferrario until 2, and then from 2 to 6, you've got the pass lane until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.